First podcast? Yeah, I never did a podcast before. Did you ever do radio? Um, yeah, did we do that? Uh, no. Well, I think I did. I think. Are I you did. nervous? Uh, a little bit. I don't know. Do you mind crying? No. I'm Welcome to the NEPA Scene Podcast. This is episode 41. We're coming to you from the Stud at 25.8 Studios in Scranton. I'm Rich Howells. I'm the founder and editor of NEPA Scene. I'm Mark Denabam. I run 25.8. And Lauren is missing because she has a Krampus hangover. <laughs> <laughs> and an extremely bad cold that like completely changed her voice. It was that's what bizarre. the fun that that's what the fun thing about the Krampus party was, and maybe that was the weirdest thing. So if anybody doesn't know, Lauren had like this Krampus party because she likes obscure German folklore. Um, apparently, it's not obscure in Europe, but it's uh, it's becoming more of a thing now that there's now a, there's a, a Krampus film. movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, Lauren uh, had to use other people to speak for her on uh, her Krampus party night on Saturday, and it was the strangest party i've ever been to in my life yeah yeah it was and i've been rough. to some really strange parties but it ended with uh cards against humanity so you know it can't be all bad yeah it wasn't bad and then the ugly christmas sweaters of me which were very strange yeah which is now on youtube oh you nice want, yeah in case you want to share it on any scene.com well of course because i'm an egomaniac <laughs> um but it's negative against me so i guess i'm a, i guess i'm not an egomaniac <laughs> i just love attention so uh, we're here today with uh, Scranton comedian John Walton. What's up? I'm the only one clapping. What's up? I'll clap for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Uh, he just won the uh, season two of NEPA Scenes Got Talent. And I did. So we are definitely going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, Scranton comedy in general and uh, all kinds of good stuff. So that should be fun. Uh, so let's see. What do we got on the site this week? Words and pictures. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know the usual uh, Monday announcements. Uh, Jim, oh, Jim concerts, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jim Norton, the uh, comedian, is uh, coming to the Sands Bethlehem Event Center. Uh, so that'll be cool. He's very uh, he's polarizing to me. Yeah, I I think he's pretty damn funny. No, I think he's funny, he and then sometimes sometimes say. I think like eh, right? Who, Jim enough. Norton, yeah. I think he blows the. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, let's. Yeah, I think. He, I think after he, he after he gets about. through all the website stuff, let's talk about every comedian you dislike. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's not a lot, but I, I'm not a Jim Norton guy. Okay, I'm not a I'm not a fan of his at all. Oh, I can't and, wait. Uh, uh, Lewis Black is coming the next day after that, that. guy. So, like now, okay. Lewis Black is yeah. a fucking hysterical. I've I seen like, him I'm so a, many I'm times. I'm a fan of Lewis Black. Okay. Um, Megadeth is also playing the Sands Bethlehem Event Center. John, how do you feel about Megadeth? They're not that funny. (laughs) (laughs) I like their old stuff better. (laughs) Sweating bullets! (laughs) All right, keep going. Uh, Red Green. You ever see Red Green? No, I have no idea what that is. Okay, uh, is that a comedian? Wait a minute, what is that? I've, that sounds familiar. It's, it that? was a it was a show a Canadian show that was on P- oh, uh, PBS. A I lot know, of times. I know what you're talking. Remember about. with the duct tape and stuff like that. Yeah. It, it was basically like the Canadian Home Improvement, more or less. Oh my! All right. Yeah. So are they coming or is it coming? The, or the guy who did the show, who <laughs> goes by Red Green, is coming to uh, the Kirby Center, and this is his second time coming to the Kirby Center. So I'm assuming. 
hoping a lot of people came the first time that he would come back again. I guess Wilkes Barre needs a repeat of por- performance of Red Red Green Red R E D G R E E N. Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, we'll definitely have uh, lots of photos from uh, Red Green. And, no. <laughs> No, uh, those would be kind of boring, you know, just kind of an, know. Old, an old guy standing on stage telling jokes. Maybe there's um, some Canadians who really need to get into NEPA scene, and that's how they do it. Maybe. That's our transition in. I'm, uh, then you're international, and I think maybe you should send somebody to Red Green. Okay. I'm just saying. Sure. I don't particularly want to go, but maybe someone else is enthusiastic about Canadian humor. Okay, that's yeah. fair. <laughs> Just like Martin Short, like that's the only thing. I, like people who find Martin Short hysterical, yeah, would love Red Green. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't. I don't or know people that. who've uh, watched Strange Brew a hundred times. Yeah, that's it. It's it's Martin Short, Rick Moranis, and those are your two. That those are your barometers for how funny the world is. You will love Red Green. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Um. Well, photos from NEPA Scenes Got Talent, the final showcase, mm-hmm. uh, which was uh, a big success. We were uh, thank you to everybody who came out and supported that event. Yeah, I, I echoed that. That was awesome to see uh, so many people support it. And, and it was, uh, you know, we, we had over 100 people packed in there, about 110, 120 people, uh, you know, packed in this, the, this bar and on a Tuesday. I think that says a lot, you know. And I also think it says a lot that uh, comedy won for the second season in a row. I think that says a lot about local comedy. I want to get into that mm. in in a bit too. Um, Can we talk about the, the 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 tabulation process and like the quick? Oh yeah, because you we were had. a judge, so I was uh, a judge, but I was there to witness. Yeah. So that so that no votes were tainted. Yes. I I went upstairs as <laughs> the guy who's like, don't don't touch my shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, Bruce Springsteen is coming to Philly. Uh, Can I tell you something really? F- There's a lot of people who who think of Springsteen uh-huh. as a god. Yeah, um, and I get it. Sure, but I went to a Springsteen show like four years ago at at uh, it was I think it, I believe it was the second show at the new Meadowlands. Okay, which is where the Giants play. Mm-hmm. Um. He didn't play one song I knew, <laughs> but the thing is, is like there's you know oh you know what I was I was still drinking so maybe it was like six years ago okay it was like Bon Jovi and then like um but well yeah, I didn't I a- didn't know like one song he played never heard there was maybe like one song out of like a four hour set that I knew right but that entire stadium knew every song. Well, he has a pretty vast catalog, so I can imagine... He that. writes, like, a song a day and right, then releases yeah. it. Yeah, so... <laughs> and everyone memorizes, like, all the words to every song. Right. I just don't... I, I was there, and I'm sitting around, and I'm like, when's he going to play Born in the USA, man? <laughs> that was not, and, it never, and he never did it. It never happened. No. Not even the encore. <laughs> no, not even the Courtney Cox song. Wow. I, you know, that never happened. Dancing in the Dark? Dancing in the Dark never happened. Oh, wow. Nope, nothing. He, he must have got sick. Of, he, he pulls a girl on stage. I mean, this. I mean, this dude is what? He's sixty now, uh, almost sixty. Yeah, I would say probably around there. Yeah, but he's moving around like a like a like an eighteen year old, just like running. Like like yeah. the show is amazing. I was just really like at the end of it, and I'm like, that was pretty neat to see, but I, I couldn't sing any songs because I didn't know any. <laughs> <laughs> but you hear a hundred thousand people <laughs> singing these obscure. Jersey songs. Right. Which I thought was fascinating, but I just, I was just really, 
I wasn't disappointed. I was just, I was totally yeah. stereotypical. Like, why is he playing the hits, man? I was that guy. <laughs> you were so, that guy. You were yeah. the only guy who thought that? No, I wasn't the only guy. And the thing is, is, it was like a bus tour. So like, and my dad, my dad, for some reason, in like the last decade of his life has now turned into like this concert connoisseur. Mm-hmm. So we've seen like a couple weeks, like in the last like six months, we've seen like Garth Brooks, we've seen Paul McCartney, we've seen, I forget who else, but he's doing like a concert or two a month and he has an RV, so it's like a trip. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, we got to see Springsteen, man. Like if it was Springsteen, Fleetwood Mac, like he would totally be there. Yeah. And at the end of it, I was like, I really didn't know a song of my dad. I was like, yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I still had a good time, but it could have been better. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> Bon Jovi, we sang every freaking song. Springsteen, the dude's amazing. Like out, like as a songwriter, as a performer, sure. you know. But I play the hits, man. Yeah, you should have requested some stuff. I, I we were literally in the nosebleeds. He, he like if you. no one was in that fucking stadium, and I was like <laughs> dancing in the dark, <laughs> the he still wouldn't that? have heard it. That's how far away we were. He probably heard it just now. That you yeah. screaming dancing in the dark. <laughs> Right, just like a cold wind, just like went into yeah. his ear. He was, he's he like, was for sick of that song. He was just taking his shit, and he was, <laughs> he was like, oh, he's in his bathroom. He's like, does somebody <laughs> want to hear Dancing in the Dark? <laughs> he starts humming. from like six years ago. Yeah, he's like, he probably, he's probably like, who wants to hear Dancing in the Dark? Because I'm not gonna play it. <laughs> <laughs> you should have been at the last show. What songs do you like? I won't play them. All right, thanks, <laughs> thanks, boss. That's why they call him the boss because he, he can do whatever he wants, he wants yeah. to do. Whatever he wants. He was amazing. All right. Who's after Springsteen? Oh, uh, you guys will like this because it involves Bobby Keller. I love anything that has to do. Do you know Bobby? Uh, uh, Bobby, Bobby's like a he, he's like he's he's a friend, but he's like a nemesis to mine too. He's <laughs> <laughs> like he's like Bobby's. He's such a good dude, but he's like when we see each other, we have to kind of go at each other a little bit. Oh my god! <laughs> we should have both of them on the podcast oh, at the same time. Keller, yeah. yeah, Keller's a good guy. He's a little excited. All right, maybe in like two months. <laughs> a little. <laughs> <laughs> So then, then you can crash his uh, spooky Christmas horror film festival, which will be at Ale Mary's in Scranton on December seventeenth. So if you're looking for uh, horror th- uh, Christmas themed horror films, then uh, that's the place to go. What how, the f- how, how many? many cri- I was, was going to say the same thing. there's actually like uh, Silent I, Night, Deadly an Night, an entire subgenre of this. Honestly, stuff. if it's Bobby, I'm pretty sure he found like a hundred of them. Yeah, there <laughs> there are more than you would think. <laughs> They're all on old Betamax tapes. Yeah. yeah. No, is it horror movies that took place? Like, was it one of the leprechauns during Christmas? Is it like stuff like that? Uh, no, it's it's mostly like like stuff. Uh, you know, like like there's Silent Night, Deadly Night. This is uh the the one that's in the uh public domain that he can use is uh, Silent Night, Bloody Night, which is a completely different Silent film. Night, Bloody Night. Yes, uh, also takes place on Christmas. Is there one called Jingle Hells? Because I think I want to do that one. If there isn't, there should be. Okay, just so the world knows, that was my idea, and right. I should have not spoken it out loud. But you need I'm to copyright that shit right now. I am jingle hells. There, there's also, uh, if you want to take all subtlety out of it, there's a new film that he's screaming uh, screening there called uh, Dismembering Christmas. Oh, jeez. Did Bobby do that? No. Oh, okay. No, but it is. It's an independent film. Uh, was uh, released within the last year. Or so uh, there's. I, also- used to, I used to think Home for the Holidays was the scariest Christmas movie. I saw. <laughs> I personally like Die Hard. I think Die Hard's a great Christmas. That's song. a good. You know what? That is a Christmas movie. It totally is. Son of a bitch. That's awesome. Uh, Jingle Hells is going to be awesome though. 
I'm just really sick of Home Alone. Is really what it comes yeah, down to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that could that be considered a horror movie? What about those old clay, uh, the clay, oh, like the uh, Gumbies and no, no, all no, that? The, uh, was it the Frosty the Snowman? Like put one foot in front of the. Those, those are kind of creepy. Those are real yeah. weird. Those are real creepy. Those you can kind of classify them as kind of horror films. That's true, especially when you throw in that snowman looking thing. <laughs> yeah, that, like, just put it on mute and just be scared yeah, shitless. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It's not a good movie to trip to. Yeah. Well, I like I like to think that Macaulay Culkin's character from Home Alone. Uh, became, he now looks like a horror movie. Yeah, he well he look he looks ter- he uh, he became Jigsaw in the Saw movies. <laughs> I, I thought he I turned think into that's horror. a natural transition. Wouldn't it be great if Kevin McAllister is now one of the Wet Bandits? <laughs> Kept it going, right? He's like, I know how people are going to fuck with me. I've done this before. Turning sinks on all over the country. No, he's going on turning sinks off just so he can steal more shit. All right, like he's got a Nerf outfit. Well, they're updating, like they're doing remakes and updating sequels. So they I should see them do doing uh, a Home Alone three, and he's like a junkie, former Kevin McAllister, just haunting like his old neighborhood, <laughs> just like just like fucking, just fucking with the people. <laughs> then you have like the bird lady is like back from the dead, and she's like, all ah, right, yeah. no, it's the old man with the shovel. The old he's, man with the shovel. Yeah. Well, you need another every time there's like an old ally, so it has to be an old ally to stop him. Right. Maybe Joe Pesci's the old ally. All of them, him, oh, Daniel Stern, Daniel and the Stern. old guy with the shovel <laughs> are in are in a nursing home, <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out like what. Re- I hate like I've seen that movie so many times that I fucking hate it. But every time he looks out that window and sees the old man's family show up, I'm like, oh god damn it! Because there's always like there's like that lump in the throat, and you're like, it god gets you. damn it. God well, damn you, Chris Columbus. D- despite it being uh, uh, as commercial as it is, it's still a John Hughes film. So it's got that little bit of heart. It, yeah. it does. It does. But at the end of it, that's actually like a horror movie. When you think like they lit people's heads on fire, slammed anvils on their head. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 in between like Looney Tunes and reality. Right. <laughs> I don't know how that movie made so much money. And so- years and years ago, when you can only put like five movies in a theater before you had like the cineplex that movie was like number one till like april it was it was so long at number one yeah it was one of the top grossing movies i (laughs) still think it's in the top 20 of all time adjusted for inflation it's huge how much money that movie made wow Uh uh-huh well, it was like the demographics. You had like the little kid home alone and out with the like the gangsters. So everybody, I, I like to say people related to it, but nobody related to it. But it was just something. <laughs> no, it was just something because I was a kid at that time. I, thought I don't know be, anything about Chicago and theft. Yeah, I thought it'd be kind of <laughs> cool. I thought I thought that I always. I mean, who didn't want to be that kid? And but then there's like a lot of paint cans and shit, and it's like you have to clean all that stuff up after. Yeah, I and mean, can you imagine? Yeah. Like, well, here's the thing, right? So like the kid. His parents show up like the next day. He cleaned all that shit up. I know. He's a good boy. He's like, all right, I defeated the wet bandits. And man, I got I to gotta clean some shit up because my mom might. Santa's coming. Yeah. And then his mom shows up. And how about that for bad parenting? They forget him twice. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> how do you do that? I, I think they were trying to give him a hint by the second time. You li- yeah. wait, what's the, what is what is the. Look what you did, you little jerk. That's what he is. He's a little jerk. They all hate him. (laughs) Like, what if we looked at, like, what if they redid that movie from the point of view of the, of the uncle? 
And he's just like, I fucking hate that kid. Like my <laughs> my brother made a horrible child and his wife sucks. <laughs> Can you imagine like that where he's just like this cranky, just like and then you realize like from his point of view, Kevin McAllister is a piece of shit. That would be the home alone. Uh, Jingle Hells. That's what it'll be. It'll Jingle be off in the point of view from No, it'd be like Home Alone Three, then dot dot Jingle Hells. Remember Tucker and Dale? Yes. Okay, it'll be like that. All right. From the point of view of the so-called murderers, but it'll be from the point of view of the uncle. We're like, man, this this kid's an asshole. <laughs> what did he do before that? Like, how did he learn how to do all those tricks? Maybe he was screwing with that uncle years before. Oh, that's possible. I don't know why I went off on this right now. I don't know. <laughs> you were very passionate. I'm, I'm postulating <laughs> real big about the McAllister family. And why were there so many people at that house? It's a big family. Uh, How many brothers and sisters did he have? Yeah, I thought he had one, right? I thought he had the older brother. No, no, no. He had a couple. You're right. Did he have siblings? I think they were mostly so. like uh, cousins and stuff. I would right, I would but all, but if he had siblings, like at that age, wouldn't wouldn't the wouldn't the kids be very upset uh, that one of their siblings is missing? You never saw the point of view, and then the dad's like, "Ah, go get him." <laughs> he didn't even go on the like the whole family should have went holy shit we forgot a kid exactly. we're all going back exactly exactly turn the plane around let's not finish how about we not finish our vacation and go get our son back and the whole time they're going like I think we forgot something uh, we forgot Kevin room service <laughs> <laughs> but, um, that, whole family, that whole family should be in jail yes yes at least mom and dad should be in jail I mean, that's child neglect to, like, the, the nth degree. Yeah. It, weirdly enough, too, I just saw an article today that was saying uh, that the, there's a theory that uh, John Candy's character is the devil because right before that, she said she would sell her soul to the devil, you know, to get home and to get to him. And then he shows up, like, right after that. <laughs> so they, oh, really? So they postulate that, that he might be the devil. Wait, and She's here's the best part. Where is the devil? Do you remember this? She meets him at an airport. Right. Where's the airport? Scranton. The devil's in Scranton. Ah, okay. You know, you guys are making me want to watch Home Alone. (laughs) (laughs) So we just... Like, I never thought about that movie until... But the more you talk about it, I was like, I want to go rent Home Alone. (laughs) I need to get... Like, I need need that movie quickly, as quick as possible. You know, (laughs) they're on to something. (laughs) It'd be funny. You should have, like, a phone so you could take callers on people who similarly hate Home Alone movies. (laughs) We should start a group. We should start a group where it's like, it's good. Like, fuck this movie. Exactly, and and then make everyone watch it as a result. Yeah, yeah but you, when you, when you look at it analytically, it's like, do, like, do you think she came home and he and she was like, oh my god, Kevin, like, I'm so sorry, like, I miss you, you're my son, blah blah blah. Don't tell anybody we did this, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, uh, yeah, like if then the he's gonna police be taken find away out by child, yeah, services. like if children and youth find out, like, right. we're in big trouble, right? And I remember, does he tell her about the the bandits or nothing? No? Never, no. no, never once. That's crazy. And then what are the odds that those guys are in New York City? I know for the sequel. The I fact that they survived alone. Yeah, those are tough <laughs> bandits. Daniel Stern got hit in the head with an anvil, something you use to bend hot metal. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like, "Ow!" He had his face burned with an iron. And- yeah. 
You know, they and then Joe Pesci's there for like a seven second shot of a flamethrower on his head, right? And all he does is go ah. Never once like holy shit, there's a fire on my head. <laughs> yeah, I mean it would have burned his scalp completely. Then he tar and feathered them, didn't right? he? Yes. And uh, and he hit them with the paint cans in the face. Yeah. So here's the thing. So here's the th- here's the thing, right? Uh huh. Breaking and entering, like we can all agree, that's a crime. Yeah. Yeah. But he's got like fourteen counts of attempted murder <laughs> on him. He's yes. a minor. So like that'll weigh out. That'll outweigh. Like, would he be charged as an adult or a minor? They should have charged him. Like that should have been national news. But it's like self-defense, isn't it? They broke into the house. No, because he was antagonizing. Remember, hey, guys, I'm upstairs. Ain't that the stand your ground law, pretty much? So they break into your house, you hit him in the anvil. That's pretty much what happened. What if Kevin just did this? (laughs) 911. Wait, didn't he try to? No, I don't remember if he did. I don't yeah, he try calling nine one one, and they were like, huh, huh, "I have to see this movie now. I have to see because I, I think I think initially I, I could be wrong. I think initially he either did or thought about it, and like it went haywire. No, didn't they think he was like joking or something? Here's the thing: when he called, here's the thing. Yeah. If all the things that I'm talking about, where it's like you know the Wet Bandits were B and E, they were hitting all these places, these all these affluent neighborhoods. Kevin McAllister tries to kill them a, a dozen times. This has to be national news somewhere because it's like, what bandits are caught? <laughs> you know? Oh, how did you guys get caught? Well, this kid made a step on old uh, decorations. He burned my head, hit me in the face with an anvil, Ew. then threw feathers. You know what I mean? Like all this horrible shit. And then if if one just shitty investigative reporter was like, hey, did you ever call 911? And he's like, <laughs> well, yeah, I did. They didn't believe me. Yeah. <laughs> so now the 911 operator's out of a job. Right. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of fallout from this, you know. The mom and dad should be in jail. The kid should be in at least uh where do you go when you're a kid and you go to jail? Juvie. juvie. He should be in juvie. And and the 911 operator and the police should all be unemployed. I mean fired. Yes. All right, I'm done with home alone. I think I just spent like 14 minutes on it. I think so too. Yeah, that was that was it's pretty passionate. It was really, I don't know why, it just you're aggravated very, me at this moment. I've never thought passionate. about this film. I think you're more passionate about this than I've seen you about anything else. Yeah. I just started thinking, I've had a really rough couple of days, so I just I just started thinking about, like, fuck this movie. I'm going to do whatever I can to just make people hate it and ruin their holiday. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, you succeeded, sir. <laughs> no, it's still, it's it's a good turn your brain off movie, but not well, the sequels. Merry fucking Christmas, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> or as John McClane would say, ho, ho, ho. I have a I have a machine gun too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Yes, uh, oh. that should be its own fucking segment. By the way, you yeah. should just throw that whole Home Alone rant. We should. Yeah. One one other one other thing. Uh, we are debuting a, a new uh, video series, kind of ongoing column. That's that's going to be very interesting. Uh, I met with. This is how my business meetings go. I, I go up to. <laughs> are you uh, sure you want to tell the world how your business meetings yeah. go? <laughs> Yeah, it's probably, or is this just one? Yeah, this this is one, but uh, it seems it seems more more often than not that's how it happens. Uh, so I go to One Up Games in Forty Fort. It's a uh, they they sell Wait, retro didn't Kyle, games. Didn't new Kyle games. and Kevin do a, a commercial for them, like this eight bit commercial? Yes, that's really neat. Yeah, yeah, came out really good. 
so I met with the owner there, uh, Jamie Nelson, and his buddy Jim Loomis, who uh, runs uh, Go Left Records, uh, also based in Northeast PA, and we we kind of. Uh, bullshitted and drank and ended up uh, recording ourselves playing uh, Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what better yeah, game to play? Absolutely. Um, many, many smoke breaks and and beers later. Uh, I don't smoke, but uh, boy, they, they both of them chain smoke. It's ridiculous. They're probably more than you, which is frightening. I don't think I smoke that as much. Well, all right, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, so they, 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 they pitched me on this idea that I think is really cool. Um, uh, Wait, is this after booze and cigarettes? Well, this is usually when the bad ideas it, happen. It's, it was during. It was somewhere in there. They had this idea before this, but I think it, it was solidified by this. Uh, so usually it's like that late night. I'm not going to remember tomorrow. You know what we should do? Right. Yeah. And you're like, no. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> they, they want to do... Um, you know, they're, they're, these Let's Play things are very popular on YouTube where uh, people record themselves playing video games. And now there's a certain niche that will sit there for hours and hours and hours and watch somebody play a game. Now, like I'm Twitch? Not, yeah, exactly. Okay. And I'm not that kind of person, but there are plenty of people out there who do that. So what they want to do is kind of take a, a competitive game, kind of cut it down to, to, you know, a few minutes, and you see them uh, playing the game. And whoever the loser is... They have to do something bad. They're they they take a bet beforehand, and they have to do something something really legal. S- yeah, yes, legal, okay. but absolutely not like go break into Kevin McAllister's house. No, <laughs> All right. no, uh, but something absolutely stupid that they have to do uh, as punishment for losing that game. Like and, eat this hot dog out of your buddy's crack. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if we're gonna go that far. Uh, this is stuff that you can actually get on YouTube and not have it ripped off immediately. So. Okay. So, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think YouTube. I don't think that fits their uh, their standards or guidelines. Or okay. You YouTube has standards. Uh, surprisingly, <laughs> yes. That's, Vimeo doesn't go yeah, there. That's why. That's why there's plenty of live leak doesn't either. Go there. Yeah. So, um, so the first one they play uh, Mortal Kombat X, and the loser will have to dress up as, in this giant Super Mario costume and go into Victor- Victoria's Secret and buy a bunch of panties for Princess Peach. Are they filming this? Yes, they are <laughs> filming it. So during the week, you will see uh, the, the them uh, go against each other, and then later in the week, you will see the punishment, and that will happen each week. <coughs> I am a okay with all of this. Yes, I think I think it sounds like a lot. You of You might fun. have some copyright trademark things with the, the public. Well, I don't know, man. Can you get away with that? Yeah. Well, the uh, the the video game stuff uh, is so popular on YouTube uh, that video game. Some video game companies have tried to fight it. It doesn't really work out for them. <laughs> it makes people want to get your game. Exactly. Yeah, I, I gotta admit, I've like if, if there's a game uh, coming out, like I'll watch like the walkthrough. It, like sure. If I like I haven't bought games as much recently as I used to, but like for The Last of Us when that when that came out, is it the I, one with uh, Ellen Page? No, it's not. It's another girl. I thought it was Ellen Page, but uh, I think they modeled the character after Ellen Page. But it's actually another girl talking for her, which yeah. kind of makes no sense. Yeah. But um, <laughs> they should have just got Ellen Page to do the voice. But right. no, but I, I I've sat through like I, I wouldn't sit through like hours and hours. Right. But I, I've said because it's like you want to see. All right, is this game any good or any cool? And then you watch somebody else play. It, you know what I mean? For like a little usually bit. they're pros. Right. Yeah. I watched Battlefront and then I played it and I was like, I died every six seconds and I'm like, this <laughs> sucks. I don't think. I, so when's this going to start? 
Uh, probably within uh, this this week or next week. Uh, do you even do they have a name for it yet? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this has to be months and months of drinking cigarettes and playing playing games. They, well, they wanted to go with something with NEPA, so they said, "Oh, well, NEPA's got game because you've got NEPA scenes, got talent." So I was like, "All right, I, I guess we could go with that." So <laughs> we're gonna go with that. <laughs> <laughs> NEPA got game. <laughs> Well, it uh, seems like we should cover basketball tournaments. Yeah, exactly. I, I was just about to say that. Yeah, and that, which uh, which that's, that's how about God that's gaming? Fine. Then the, uh, the 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 sports fans will tune in, thinking it's for them. You might have converts. Maybe there, there were people that were pissed off at the movie Drive because it wasn't Fast and the Furious. Do you remember that? Some lady sued. Some lady sued. Yeah, she sued. Wow. You know the movie Drive with Ryan Gosling? Yeah. Yeah, she sued because it was advertised kind of like Fast and the Furious, and it was just it like... It wasn't, it's, though. I know. <laughs> so she sued for that. <laughs> okay. I don't know if she ever won anything. Universal was probably... I think... I don't remember who made it, but they were probably like, here's $10. Go away. Here's your block... We'll get you a Blockbuster gift card. Here you go. See you later. <laughs> All right. Moving on? Yeah. Let's, let's, uh, let's talk to John. Hi, John. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> So uh, let's first let's talk about uh, Got Talent. Uh, so so you were the only comedian. There mm. was twelve winners from the past twelve weeks. Yeah, that uh, went to the final showcase uh, that we had on December first, and you were the lone comedian. So you were kind of the underdog, I would say. Mm, I don't know. Uh, maybe I guess. Uh, I think I think it I think it worked in my favor because it made me stand out. That's know? true. I think it worked. Uh, it worked for me, but it's like the positioning of it was a little intimidating because to go on, I think I was like tenth, and to follow like nine musicians who are all like fantastic. Then you know you get people in the groove of listening to music, and then I come up and do the stand up, and it's just like, and you know you don't know how they're gonna you know take it or if they're gonna be you know whatever. But being that it was a contest and not a regular show, I think it helped out more if it was like a regular show it might have been more difficult because then now people instead of there to root on somebody else or see like a competitive thing they're there to be entertained and then you get to the music of it and then i come on then um maybe it would have been work but the contest thing helped out with that were you nervous at all do you still get nervous uh this um, surprisingly it was weird i was i was a little bit nervous i think it was because of how well everyone else was doing but like it was like by like five or six i was like man like everybody here because you hope for like some duds and be like oh, that, <laughs> you know you do you hope you hope you hope a couple people are like man that guy kind of sucks i got this <laughs> but everybody from like one through nine before me doing really really well i was like dang man i and then uh so then i just went up and did it and in a weird way it kind of made it it kind of took some pressure because you get the thing it's like well i can only do me now so especially that girl who went up before me i thought she was excellent and then to follow that and i was like dang you know but that's the way it goes what was it like from a judging perspective i'd imagine that was uh, that was interesting. Cause I, it was a job see, I would not want to have. Oh, I know. I I relish in those moments. Um, so I didn't. You like judging? People. I didn't. I didn't go. It's not that I like. It's not that I like judging people. I like. I like giving constructive criticism. Yeah. You know, it's not just like you know. I'm giving you a two just because I don't like your jacket. <laughs> um, I've seen that before, actually. Yeah, I, and and you know. 
I, I didn't go for those 12. I've been so swamped since that goddamn fire that, you know, I didn't go. So I, it was nice because I came into it fresh. But, and one of the bartenders actually mentioned this upstairs. They said, usually, um, after all the judging was done, and we figured out mathematically that it was you, mm-hmm. um, one of the bartenders at Thirsty's said, you know, usually about 30 seconds into like a comedian set or a poet set or, you know, he goes, I got to turn to everybody and be like, hey, shut the fuck up. Because because it, it's not a comedy club. It's not like it's one of those environments where people feel like, you know, they can talk and eat a, a, a fajita. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's and he's like, he's like right at the moment when I was about to be like, hey, everybody shut the fuck up. I don't know what you said. I don't remember specifically yeah. what you said, but that whole place went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And crickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not crickets as in I like know, you blew. It was just like they got real quiet yeah, yeah, and started yeah. paying attention. And that was when I was like, because I, I start getting annoyed. Like if somebody's going to go up and do poetry or somebody's going to go up and do like, you got to shut up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like somebody's bearing their soul or trying to be on like one-on-one with you. That's the hardest thing to do is yeah. to be up there by yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um. And he's like, I've never seen that. And they've been, he's been, he was there for, for season one and two. So he goes in 24 weeks. I've never seen a comedian go up there. And the whole crowd went. Yeah. Because, uh, I actually learned that there was a comedian. He actually used to live in, and I've told this before, but there's a comedian. He actually used to live in Wilkesbury. He lives, he moved to Chicago named, uh, Sheldon Parker. Uh, he actually just competed in the uh, World Series of Comedy a couple months ago. And uh, he used to have this open mic at a bar. It was in Plains. And I remember one time he said, it was like, uh, we were doing open mic and everybody, you know, the audience was talking. And then and all, every comic, one after the other, was like, oh, shut up. You guys got to whatever, whatever. And Sheldon leaned over to me. He's like, if you're funny, they'll shut up. Just do your material. If you're funny, they'll be quiet. And that's something that I always kind of... Uh, like so when they were talking i'm just like you know, i'm just gonna keep going and going and i knew that eventually they'll i, I knew that eventually but it was in like out. the first 30 seconds yeah. it wasn't it was it well was you gotta like, hit them hard you know what i mean so you went up there it was it was strange because you went up there like <laughs> <laughs> i like spartacus you were just like listen to me my people <laughs> yeah. and it was just yeah. and it was like holy shit and reed miller leaned over to me and he was like they all just shut up and yeah. I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, exactly. and, and rightfully so. I mean, yeah. the, 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 the first bit that you did was hysterical. Oh, and, the creepy person? That yeah. was like the newest thing I did. I wrote I wrote that because that was like actual truth. Because most comedy is like embellished truth. And uh, it, that is something that happens like all the time. Like, like I go to work sick. Like I'm just getting over cold now. And I go to work sick and like some girl who I work with is like, Hey, you know, you're sick. Don't touch me. And I, at first it would go over my head, but like the last time somebody said that, I was like, well, I wasn't planning on touching you. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I wasn't thinking about it, but like, I guess touching's allowed or something. I don't know. I, I didn't get the memo, <laughs> but then it's like, it just rolling. And, 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 and the newest ones, when you have a joke that you know, that you've written recently, it's like, it's hard to explain because it's like, uh, it's so fresh and you're so, it's like you so want to do it. Yeah. It's like you just want to tell it as many times as you can. So when you do that fresh new joke that you know is funny, you've done maybe two times. Because at that moment, I had done that. No, actually, I had done that once before doing wow. the NEPAC. I had done that once. 
and I done it. I did it that uh, the second time, and it's like I knew it was funny. You know what I mean? I knew it worked, and I can get that emotion rather than doing something I, I normally always do. And that's what it made me project louder because it was something that like is still fresh and exciting to me. So I could just boom, go right into it. Is that hard yeah. to keep up that excitement every time? Like if you wanted to um, do, like I mean, I mean, are there nights. I know I used to be in a band, and I knew there were some nights where I'm like, I don't want to be here. Oh, that's like ninety percent of the time. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, most most times, like like well, Kevin is one of like, Kevin Lepka is one of my closest friends. And he'll like well, he's my closest friend in comedy. Him and Will Robbins, and uh, one thing like ninety percent of the time, like yeah, I really don't feel like doing this today. Like, why really, Why do you think that is though? I don't know. I don't know. It's just like. Uh, it's not nerves. It's just a feeling of uh, I don't know. Just like some there, there's times where I get excited for it, and then there's times where I just don't. And then the NEPA scene thing that was weird because I think again it was because everybody before me was so good that I wasn't even thinking about winning. I was thinking about like just kind of being on their level, so to speak. And then I like that moment. I was like, "Yeah, I kind of don't want to do this because everybody's killing it. They were like crushing <laughs> it. I don't want to. I don't know if I want to do this, man." But then I just went up and like I did it. But but like that feeling, it goes away after about like the first couple minutes. Like once I get into it, then I'm like happy to be there. But most times are just like, and I don't know what it's just like. Sometimes it's nerves. Sometimes, it's just, but most times, just like, man, I don't want to do it. I just want to, we should just do this tomorrow or something like that. <laughs> like, I don't want to do this at all, you know? <laughs> but I definitely have those days as a writer where you just kind of have to, you know, force it out and keep going, yeah, yeah. you know, especially when you have to update something on a daily basis. You know, some days it's just like, oh God, you know, like give me, give me a break, give me a couple days or a week or something, but you don't, you don't get that. You know, you kind of have to seize the opportunities as they come. So I'd imagine too, with uh, like open mics uh, seem to be so important to, uh, to comedians in general, you kind of have to go when they are, you know, and fit your schedule around them and get up there and, and do this material. So you get you get that same kind of feeling going to open mics and stuff and having to try out material and stuff like that. Well, well, the open mics actually is easier because like when the other times where I do it, like it's like you're talking about like I'm doing like actual time. Yeah. Like a whole like show. Okay. Open mics, most open mics I've done maybe because I want to do like one or two jokes and then the rest of them just going to dick around for like the rest of my minutes. I don't really care about my time. I just like, I have like one or two jokes. I really want to try. Then the rest of the time is just whatever. But if I got actual show, there is a moment where I'm like, Oh no, why am I doing this? I don't want to do it. It's <laughs> like, this is like the worst decision I ever made in becoming a comic. I, but, I just, I just had a conversation with somebody. There, there's this kid who's, who's going to intern here and he goes to Kings and he's like, He's like, can I do it? That fucking article came out about me, and he's like, can I do like a radio, like a, an audio documentary on you for class? <laughs> and of course, me, I'm like, absolutely. So we got like me, Lee, um, Angelo, Jimmy, Jer, like all these people to talk about me. It was so, really so character witnesses, basically. Basically, um, but the thing is, like, they asked me a question about doing what I do, and I, and that's where I refer to you guys because I was like. I said, most of the time, like, I don't want to do it. Like, every day I wake up, I'm like, I don't want to do this. And yeah. then, but when you start going, you're like, oh, yeah, now exactly. I remember why. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, like after the first couple, it was like, it's real fun. And then it's just like, like, uh, I just did a show uh, 
when was it uh saturday for um it was a uh christmas party for soldiers you know how they have like the different battalions in the area it was yeah. like a christmas party for that and like right before then i'm like because there's like little kids running around and you know they brought and it was like all these people in like soldier uniforms i'm like i don't i don't know if i can do this i don't know if and i like, bomb every, i die yeah it's like, it's like every time and that's a group of people you really don't want to bomb for but it's like every time it's just it's just a split moment where i'm like man i don't want to do it i don't want to but then it's like it gets to the point where it's like well i know i can do it you know so when did you when did you how long have you been doing this like i know absolutely nothing about you which is yeah. good uh, for about, me I, that way i can ask relevant questions i think i started 2002 13 did you, years. did you grow up here um i grew up i spent the first uh about 14 years i i because uh my dad was in the military and then uh we lived in connecticut uh florida and what then branch I, of the military is your dad in army and then um, oh, so he can kick ass. Yeah, he can. <laughs> but uh, we went to. Um, then we moved to. I uh, then I lived in Philadelphia with my mother while he was you know overseas. And then when he came out the military, we went to live. He wanted us to live with him, and we came up here in 1996, I think. To uh, I went to Valley View High School, and then go Cougars. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not talking about the school. <laughs> I'm talking about the woodlands. <laughs> <laughs> they got pumas at the woodlands. They got like, the woodlands. The woodlands a live place. They man. don't advertise, so I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until they're like, here's a check. I'm like, ah, no, Cougar Night's awesome. You should, everyone should go to that. Yeah. Um, they have a Cougar Night. The they one? used to. Uh -huh. What's the age to be a cougar? What's that like forty to? I thought it was fifty. No, not. That's got to be like forty. I, I think it's forty to forty-nine year. I thought it was anything over fifty. I saw a chart. There was a chart. I think somebody <laughs> they did. Somebody posted on Facebook. I Some think, entrepreneur and graphic designer. <laughs> they posted a chart. Like in case you're wondering, I think it was like. Please tell me there was actually a picture of a cougar. Yeah, there like a picture a, of like a puma. Like every jungle yes. cat was pictured. <laughs> every jungle like cat was pictured. There's like I think like thirty to thirty-nine. It was like a puma and 40 to 49 was like a, a cougar and then 50 to 59 was like a mountain lion no it was like a house cat or something i don't know and <laughs> a feral like, kitten a feral cat just a like cat lady just like the neighbor yeah, yeah that's what it is it's like the neighbor's cat was like <laughs> that pretty much when you're at 50 to 59 50 to 59 is tinkerbell like yeah. that's and it has yeah. it's all it is is a woman with a little bell around yeah, her you're like a saber-toothed tiger pretty much <laughs> You're like an extinct half mam like mammal. All right, so you went to Valley View. What year did you graduate? Ninety nine. So all right, so I'm a year older than you. Yeah. So you got into comedy at twenty three. Twenty. I actually was on my twenty first birthday. Your twenty first birthday was the first time. Did you ever want to be funny? <laughs> oh, I always, I always see the thing about. Were you the class clown or were you? Yeah, I was the class clown, but. uh yeah, I was always trying to make people laugh. And then I saw uh Chris Rock's Bring the Pain. Which one that? which one was that? That was the one um he, is, he is, is he like where you call your grandmama mom and your mom Pam you're going to jail? Pretty much. Yeah, that okay. was one. Okay. And then he does a lot of jokes about OJ cuz I was right in the middle of the trial. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I saw that one and I was like, you know, this dude like obviously like I know it's Chris Rock and but he's like like this dude's in a theater. 
Yeah, he's getting paid to do this. Like, oh, this yeah. is like a job. I was like, you know, I wonder if I could do something like that, you know? And then it was something I never told anybody I wanted to be a comic, but it was always something in the back of my mind. It was always something like, you know, one day when I'm older, when I'm like 25, I'm going to just try it. And then, you know, I got the edge. You never told anybody? No, never. Because I thought I thought they would think, because at that time, I thought being a comedian was like a fantasy thing. It's like saying, it's like me saying, hey, I want to be an actor, you know, and I want to be in movies. That's what I thought. I never thought of it as like, like you know this is like a like a lot of people do this this is like work this is like their job it's like yeah. being a construction worker you know yeah and then um and then but i always thought it was like an unobtainable thing i was like well i like to try it sometimes just to, to tell jokes on somebody's stage and then i just kind of went after it you know on your 21st birthday it was like a week before my 21st but it was a birthday present to me you gave yourself the birthday present. Yeah. Wait, where was it at? It was at Wisecrackers. Remember where Wisecrackers was? that when it was at the hotel? Yeah, when it was at the Clarion. So wait, how did you prepare for that? Like, I don't first know. of I- all, like what what was the thing that that like precipitated that? Like you were like, oh shit, for my twenty first birthday, I'm gonna go up on stage. Like I need to write material or do it. Like what do I need to do? Or did you just go up there and wing it? Oh no, I had a uh, well. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you know, I had, I had stories I wanted to get out and like a month before I was walking to work and this loose Rottweiler comes out of nowhere and chases me into the woods. <laughs> so, so I'm sitting in the woods and like, I'm looking and that's at when I dreamt of the flux capacitor and I knew, no, I'm sitting in the woods and you know, I'm all dirty and everything. And I'm looking at this Rottweiler. It was like kind of looking at me and I'm like, you know, this is so annoying. I think I want to just talk. But then it was like, it was one of those things where it's just like the way everything happens. Like, yeah, that was stupid. And it was messed up, but I'll be, I could, I could make that probably funny. And that was like the first thing I did was it was like my first time doing it was like three minutes long. And it was mainly about getting chased by a Rottweiler on my way to work. That was the that was like the main thing. I talked about that for like three minutes, and then I like the more I tried to incorporate uh, my own experiences, uh, limited that they were because I was only twenty one at the time. Uh, my own experiences into doing like stand up, and then as I got older, it became more observational about like the world and stuff. But mainly, those first couple times were about like my own experience trying to make them funny. What was that feeling like hitting the end of that first set? Oh, it was awesome! Like everybody loved it, and yeah, you know, my dad was in the audience. He wasn't sure about the comedy thing, but was there other comics there being like, "Fuck this asshole!" It's his first time, and he's no, it. they didn't know it was my first time. Um, they just had me up there do a guest spot, and then um, <clears throat> and you know, I just went up and I did it. And he goes, she's like, uh, oh, thank you for going short. I was like, that's pretty much all I had. So I had to go. <laughs> He's like, oh, thank you for not doing the whole five minutes. I was like, all right, that's pretty, that's all I had to do. So, <laughs> so then they said I could do um, come back the next week, and that was when, that was when the Wisecrackers was in. What's that? There was two locations. It was in Marvelous Mugs or whatever. Oh, Wisecrackers. When I first started, Wisecrackers was in like five locations, six locations. Oh, was it really? Yeah. There, there was one in the uh, Brass Rail. Um, I don't know the town. It's the like Brass Rail. Wasn't there one up on Route 6 by uh, the there, drive-in theater? There was one. There, there was Marvelous Mugs. I've never been there. Um, there was Marvelous Mugs. There was the Clarion. 
There's there, one in Wilkesbury. There was one too. in Wilkesbury. Yeah. Um, I think that's where I met Bobby Keller, actually. Okay. And then um <laughs> so we punched him in the face. <laughs> no, I would never. <laughs> he has too much beard. <laughs> but uh no, I would never punch Bobby. But um Yeah, and then uh, Bobby's hit other people. <laughs> Remember Zach told that? Yeah, joke. <laughs> yep. Um, so, what'd your dad think? Oh, he loved it. He thought it was great, but I couldn't get him to see me for like another five years. <laughs> he would every time, every time, like, "Hey, Dad, you want to come and watch? You know me do stand up?" He's like, "Man, I saw you like two years ago. How many times you gonna ask me?" I was like, "Come on, man. I'm still. I'm trying to do something here, man." He's like, "Yeah, I'll be at the next one." <clears throat> and then it was like a couple years later. Then he finally he's like, "All right, all right, I'll come down and watch you." So was he, did he go from like, eh, I don't know if you should do this to like. Actually, it was a couple of years where he was kind of like, I don't know. And then it was uh, the one time where he said, all right, you, I think you could do this is me and uh, Kevin Lepka, them Scranton boys. I got to put that out. That's our little group, them Scranton boys. Um, so it was me, uh, Ke- me and Kevin Lepka, we put up a a, a charity show at the clarion for um st jude's hospital and i closed it out it was a scranton versus wilkesbury comedy festival we had done it twice and then i think they wanted to do a third one but it never got off the ground but it was like a competition so you know funny aside whatever and i closed it out and i did really really well i did very well at that by that time i think it was maybe the best i ever done and he was like all right all right you could do this it was, it was that show where he was like, all right <laughs> All right, all right, all right. You know, and what year was got that? The approval. That uh, I don't remember. That was probably like five, six years ago. Maybe about five, six years ago. So you went like eight years before he was like, "All right, yeah, pretty much, pretty <laughs> much." <laughs> like, like whenever I was telling people, "Yo, I do comedy," I see him like oh, him and his comedy <laughs> man. He's over there telling jokes. <laughs> and I would tell him, yo, you know, I, I'm doing comedy. Like, you still doing that shit? You still doing that? Like, I thought you'd have gave that shit up by now, but I don't know. And then that's when he was like, yeah, man, you, yeah, you definitely, you got it, man. You got something. So now you and Kevin uh, don't just perform here, you perform all over too. You drive yeah, a little yeah, bit, yeah. you go to New York. Well, Kevin more so. Uh, I know I, I got to start, but I hate like travel because they always. Come- <laughs> They do, like, because Kevin, they always come home at, like, 3 in the morning. I was like, yeah. I don't want to. But he he does a lot of, like, outside traveling. I just perform wherever somebody, like, wants me to. Like, I've been I've been outside the area, like, New York. And I did the thing in Las Vegas. And then I did the um, uh, New York, New Jersey. But for the most part, it's whenever somebody, like, this uh, Saturday, I'm at uh, Just Rumors in Tafton. And okay. I was asked to do that, maybe, like. Actually, Where? Just rumors, Tafton. Tafton. That's what the like, hell's Tafton? It's a town. It's like how 40, have I never heard of a town named Tafton? Yeah, it's like forty-five minutes from here. I've been there before, and that place is nice. Like the audience there was like, they were they were real good. They were what's up, man. Wait, towards where? Where the hell is Tafton towards? I don't know. I got to get out MapQuest. <laughs> I really don't know, man. I'm like, hey, I, I, when he told me, I'm trying to picture it in my head. Ah, oh, dang. It's like, uh, I know it's surrounded by woods. That's the best I can tell you. I want to say, I want to say it's going towards like Holly, maybe. I think. Have you ever heard of Tafton, Rich? I've heard of it, but I can't Never say I've ever been, been there. T a f t i n t t o n t a f t o n. How have I never heard yeah. of Taft? Zach Hammers on that show too. 
It's me, uh, Zach, Brian Walsh, Pat Schwartz, and I think Matt Cerniak. Uh, it's in uh, Pike County. Pike County. There you go. The beauty of cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years ago, you had to call somebody who lived up there. So, where are you? Um. So how so how did so how did how did it progress from like the first show to like now? Like, are you do you, like did you have to figure out like how to be a comic? Yes. Yes, and that's what like a lot of uh, people don't understand. It's like um, I was doing the stand up, and I I like and the the thing that kind of it almost worked in my favor because now because at that time there wasn't no open mics. So um, Scott Bruce, who's the owner of Wisecrackers, uh, him and his wife, you know, Anne, they were nice enough to give me time on like the professional shows because there wasn't an open mic. So I was always performing with like people who were doing this like for a living. And I was looking at my stuff and looking at their stuff. I was like, like, I don't sound nothing like that. You know, like how, how, and then it was just, it was just, it was just trying to polish my stuff to sound like them guys so like the way they got in and out of the jokes and i was just watching them and then i you know the beauty of google one day i'm like i'm at the library um because i didn't have a computer i was at the library and just looking up stupid stuff on the internet and i'm finally i'm like you know what let me just google how to be a better comic <laughs> and that's what i did i did i typed it in and there's all this like advice from the like prominent things it's like the stuff i would have never even thought about like editing yourself and like you know timing and you know what i mean like the stuff you should kind of write about and i just soaked it up like a sponge so like i like to say i'm self-taught but i was kind of taught by the internet you know what i mean and then it just like i kept doing and then it just became more natural what were like some of the things that you, you were like because i'm sure now you look at it and they're like oh that was just such an easy critique of how i should do like what were some of the things that were like oh well uh the first thing was is like i at the time i i because i was like i think and i've seen other people do this is like when you're a comic you, you feel like you have to explain every little detail you know what i mean every and then you come out like robotic and then people kind of can't and then it makes it more unrelated so uh, the one thing is like just to talk like i normally talk but like with my material the same way just like just talk just say just say whatever you just say it like you were saying it to like a person like talk to the audience like and that was like the one thing i was like man that was you know i should have just done that but like for the most part, I was so like robotic and so like mechanical almost. Do you do you tell the same joke the same way every time? Or you or have to, you have to. That's what uh, Jerry Seinfeld said that one time. He said, um, "The hardest thing a comic has to do is be able to mimic himself." Because a lot of times you say a joke once one way, and then it's funny because of the way you say it. But when you try and say it a different way, it might not work. It's, it might not work as well because you just change the entire cadence. And when you change the cadence, you change like the meaning of it. See, I think that's like musicians. Like you can like the same song over and over again. Like people are expecting that, right? You know, and if you know, can you imagine Bohemian Rhapsody if they were like, "Ah, we're gonna lose the piano." Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and and people, I don't think people appreciate that. Where when it comes to comedy, I mean, you're that's a performance. That's like going to the the theater. You know, you want if you're going to see Macbeth, you want to see Macbeth performed as it was written and as it's been performed for centuries. And also it comes with like practicing. It's like the more you 
like practice your stuff, the more it becomes like a routine. So it becomes routine and then just like it becomes automatic. Now it, when it comes out your mouth, now it's just do you, it, do you do you like stay home and like rehearse in the mirror and shit? Um not as much as I used to. I used to be really obsessive. Do you with, film yourself? No. Uh well no not uh, telling wait, jokes. Wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> do I film myself? <laughs> no, uh you mean do I film myself at home? Yeah, like just just to see like how you No, I've never done that. I film myself like at shows like on stage and stuff, but I've never done that. But I've done the whole perform in front of the mirror thing and and um trying to see like how it looks or whatever. But then when you try to see how what you look like, then it's like it you, you start it. like criticizing everything. Yeah, then it's like you can't really care what it looks like. You gotta you get because the one thing is like that uh i think most comics understand is like i think a lot of comics they want to be cool and they want to be they want to look cool they want to look smart and i was like 70 percent of the time you're gonna look stupid it's like <laughs> that's what comedy is comedy is like well you have to accept the fact that you're good that you look like a fool you yeah, know what i mean well, pretty much you have to accept the fact you have to you have to accept the fact that you're you're on stage you're trying to make people laugh you're trying and that you're just a clown. You're a clown. And and then once you accept that, then it makes it easier to kind of perform. You know what I mean? Rather than trying to uh, present yourself, you know, a certain way or I think I think that's why like Robert Williams, for instance, right? Yeah. I think he's a great what well, was a great dramatic actor because as a comedian, he wasn't afraid to look stupid. Exactly. So he's not afraid to look whatever his cry face is or whatever. Like yeah. I, I think comedians are way better when it comes to acting. I think they're way better dramatic actors because yeah. they've already been through being foolish and they don't care what exactly, people's perception exactly. is. Of them. Exactly. And then it makes it easier to just become foolish or act the fool. So will you, will you it, act in my dramatic movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it does. It makes it easier to act foolish or, you know, or you make a movement or you do like a pantomiming or whatever. It's easier to do that once you realize that because all their inhibitions or whatever is keeping you from doing is out the window. Now you can perform. And a lot of comedians use self-deprecation to kind of bring themselves to the level of the audience, yeah. you know, so that they're, they, they're, they're not afraid to make fun of themselves and to point out their own flaws and yeah. stuff. So then the audience feels a little bit more comfortable. I think if you're trying to be the cool guy and you're trying to look better than everybody else, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you're just going to come off like an asshole. Well, well some, can anybody well, name well, a cool some, guy comedian? Some people can kind of do it. Like, I would like to say, like, I think Andrew Dice Clay, when he was out, but that was like When he 80s. was in his prime. That was in the 80s. I don't know if you could do an Andrew Dice Clay now. I, I, I mean, but he's, that was he's just, kind of that the was butt of more jokes now yeah, than anything yeah, I don't else. Think he could like do he, that. He, he you like, well, it didn't last, you know? Like, I think it it, it, it had its time and place, you know but who it didn't worked last with? in the long run. Sam Kennison. Yeah, but again, yeah. Helms in the 80s. But, uh, sure. Well, no, he self-deprecated himself, too. He did, but and, and I don't know if, I don't know how much Dice did. I never, I never really liked Dice. I don't know, I don't know why. Like, Sam Kennison, I thought, was fucking brilliant. Yeah. But what most people didn't, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure you guys know this, but like he he was a he was a preacher. Yeah. Also, like he learned how to do all of his shit. Like he would go perform on a Saturday and he would actually preach on Sunday. Like, no, I don't think anybody knew that. So, like, there's this like great story about it. I mean, it's not great, but like when he got when he when he got because he, he got killed in a car accident. Yeah. When he when he. His his wife, I think she got killed. Somebody was there, and they're like, you know, 
thank God Sam had God because like that was the thing that he said. He's like, because he said to somebody, he's like, I'm okay. I'm going to be all right. Like, because he knew. But here's a guy who's like the Randy, one of the randiest comics at the time, who's also preaching about God on Sunday. Exactly. Which is, to me, fascinating. I used to do his say it all the time. Yeah. Now, uh, from back to school. Yeah. Yeah. But now there are tons of like successful comics who um, who don't really self deprecate, but they but they're able to kind of like still relate to the audience because that's the main thing is like relate into the audience coming from a point of view where they come from, right? And that's what like kind of makes it funny, you know? What I mean, I think like Bill you, Hicks was kind of like I I, I mean all the stuff. Did you see I, his documentary? No, I didn't know there was one. Oh, it's on Netflix. It's awesome. I want to go check. Yeah, it out. it's very good. Oh, yeah. it's so good. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Bill Hicks fan. He was well, that's because of Tool. Oh uh, well, yeah, and that's how I was introduced to him. I think that's a lot of a lot of people were introduced to him that way. He would have been the, he he would have been probably one of the biggest comics around in yeah. the last. He would have been the next George Carlin, easily. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah, the thing. It's like it. it's like smart. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I, mean, I think your stuff is smart too. But yeah. I mean, how do you how do you try to balance that line? Because because most comics that like I I've seen and in, in like I I find can find some sort of humorous way to talk about an important issue. Well, the the master of that was Richard Pryor. I think he's probably the best. Yeah. Because he's probably the best ever. That's why a lot of people give him his precedent as being like the father of this. You know what I mean? Like, because like the dude set himself on fire. You know what I mean? <laughs> while he was like smoking. And, he, and then he gets out of the hospital and a couple months later, He's like, you know, that's his material now. Yeah, you know he, what I mean? he, he, he ripped himself a, apart for yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. He ripped yeah. himself apart. And when the, and when you rip yourself apart, it makes it easier to just rip everything else apart. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he tackled things like racism. He tackled, like, the president everything like that. But because he's so, like, going in on himself, I think it made it so much more like easier for the audience to kind of be with them on everything else. Sure. He's probably the most relatable comic that ever lived. Mm. It's like the audience just really felt like he was, I think that's what makes him so revered is that the audience really felt like he was one of them. And that's what I try to do. Like, like, yeah, I'm on stage and even though I'm not famous or even close to being famous, but like I'm on stage and I'm calling myself a, com- a comedian, but I'm just like you. You know what I mean? I go through the same things, and that's your job as a comic. I think is you you uh you just you just bring them into your world, which is really their world. You know, sure. And, and that's how it becomes you know fun for everybody. Well, uh, prior, I think uh, every comedian that I've ever talked to or seen interviews with or whatever, they all say like he's the one that influenced them. And yeah, he's the one that influenced me. Like uh, I I saw uh, my dad had um, like I talked about the Chris Rock thing. That was the thing where I was like, man, you know, this guy, this is like a big I'm 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 because, you know, I was I'm in high school at the time. And when you're in high school. That's when you start thinking about like what your career, you know what I mean? I was like, you know, I might want to try being a comic someday. <laughs> and then um but my dad had a Richard Pryor uh live in concert. That's when he had like the gold shoes and I watched <laughs> it with him. I watched it with him and you know and it was just it was just, I thought it was all just brilliant, you know what I mean? His first joke the first joke is about him getting arrested on New Year's. 
when he had you know when he kills the uh when he kills his car you know what i mean and his wife's trying to leave him and that's something <laughs> and 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 like obviously i wasn't alive at that time but i read about it like that's something that happened like months before so it's like months before you come out there you're just like yeah man you know i saw you reading the newspaper you know it's just it, i thought it was just wonderful it was but he, wonderful. he wasn't af- he wasn't afraid to poke poke fun at the messed up shit he did. What, what, what was his? What was his drug of choice? His uh, cocaine. Was well, it crack used, too? Yeah, he was freebasing. And that's when he lit himself on fire because he thought it was a good idea. No, he uh, he wanted to die, didn't he? Yeah, he lit himself on because I read his autobiography. He lit himself on fire because he was trying to. He was freebasing at the time, but he, tr- he tried to uh, kill himself. The guy, the guy whose house he was at that night, is in a documentary talking about it. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, we were smoking drugs. And he's like, I went to the kitchen to get something. And then all of a sudden, I just see a flaming Richard yeah. go right <laughs> past me out the front door. Yeah. And then when and then they have like and that was I think after that was when he did the Sunset Strip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when the, he I got out of the hospital. I think. Yeah, when he got out of the hospital and there was two sh- like this guy had to get like skin grafts and shit. And he got so I think he got sober after that. Mm. But the first show he did two shows. They were supposed to be televised because it was supposed to be a comedy special. Yeah, it, was it was supposed uh, to be a movie. Live on a Sunset Strip, right? And oh, and I think Here and Now is the other one. The Live on the Sunset Strip one, they had to do it twice because for and he even said like he, he like they have archive footage of him, but he, they're like the first show when he came back, he was horrible. Yeah, like he, he like it was it would seem like he was afraid. Yeah. Cause I don't think he, I don't think he's been sober in a long time, just being up there. Yeah. Right? And they're like, they're like, so like we had all these camera crews, we had everybody, they're filming it, and it was just like a bomb. Like yeah. everything was just awful. And they said the next night we invited everybody back, and it was like he was one hundred and ten percent just nailing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that guy was fascinating. Yeah. And I, was but and a lot of that comes from like Lenny Bruce too. Oh yeah, Lenny Bruce was a big idol. Of his. I don't think he's funny. Yeah. He. uh I feel I feel bad, but Lenny Bruce was the one who he broke a lot of molds. Yeah. Where it was like I, don't, I hate to bring his name up, but Bill Cosby was like the vanilla comedian, no, like see, all the way back then. When I was when I was reading the thing, now I read Prior Convictions years ago, so I might have some stuff off. But uh, when I read it, Richard Pryor, he wanted to be when he was coming from Peoria, to, I think to New York, he wanted to be like Bill Cosby because Bill was everywhere. He was like, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was the first black comedian to be on the cover of like time magazine or something like that Hmm. and he had you know he had all his you know his uh stuff and like actually i guess yeah (laughs) (laughs) i uh i saw rain prior uh at wisecrackers oh the one that you announced when all the 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 kids of the okay yeah yeah, and then uh she said uh if I'm butchering her joke, but I thought it was hilarious. She said, uh, you know, he's like, my father, you know, people always compare my father to Bill Cosby. You know what my father never did? <laughs> like, oh, I was dying. <laughs> but um, no, he wanted to be like Bill Cosby and he was performing. I forgot what it was. I think he was, he was doing shows and um, he was performing uh, somewhere and a famous actor at the time, I want to say it was either Don Rickles or Dean Martin came up to him and said, you know what? You sound just like Bill Cosby. And it hit him. He's like, no. Nah. And then after that, he heard uh, Lima, Ohio, which is a Lenny Bruce album. And he wanted to be like Lenny Bruce. 
And if I got that story wrong, I'm so sorry, but that's the way I remember it. But it was the uh, Lemo Ohio, uh, uh, Lenny Bruce, you know, the way he talked at that time and how raw he was yeah. that made Richard kind of want to find his own voice and not be like Bill Cosby. Because if you listen to old, like old Richard Pryor from like 1964, 65, he does. He sounds just like Bill Cosby because Bill Cosby was the king of comedy, which right. makes, you know, all his alleged crimes so easy to but well it, did you have a, a different reaction to all that as a comedian you know do you see did you see things a little differently than yeah, like he got the material person did no but about wait about, about, about cosby about, yeah about cosby? all the stuff that came out about cosby hey the way listen the way, hannibal burris yes and, right? and hannibal too. <laughs> the, the thing is like First of all, like a lot of times, you have these, I don't believe in blind support of anybody. Like I'll support you until I feel like you're guilty. <laughs> Seriously, like I'm not just gonna support you because you're black or because you're an idol or because you're a Dr. Huxtable. If I feel like you're guilty, you're guilty. <laughs> so when that first happened, came out, I was like, nah, nah. But then when it got to be like twenty, yeah, twenty five, thirty, I'm like, yeah. And then I, I read, um. I read, what did I read? You know, and I don't care who, though, like, I believe absolutely, 100%, I believe it did. But um, I read a, um, it was an article that there was this investigative reporter. And again, I'm hazy. I wish I, like, I, I wish I could, I memorize it, but this investigative reporter who heard about this like 15 years ago and was trying to go after him then but cosby was still so powerful that they just kept shutting him down and then uh janice dickerson put it in her like 2000 autobiography and um is it amazing that nobody believed it yeah no yeah. well well his from my understanding his lawyers cont and said you know that they were going to sue for defamation sue her and ruin her if she put that in there but i mean and that's why like i hear people say oh how come nobody said like from my research of it people did as far back as like the 70s it's like nobody right nobody wanted to touch him so i mean i i believe maybe like you're innocent to prove guilty but for now i'll say you know cosby's innocent but he ain't that innocent i mean because the way i figure if 50 people accuse you of something 15 of them are probably lying but you can't tell me all 50 of them. Like, like right. that's what people say. Like, you can't tell me, like, 50 people just got, you know what we should do today? Let's go fuck <laughs> with Bill Cosby. <laughs> Let's go fuck with like, Especially when a lot of them can't really benefit in any way exactly, from that. They're not going to get no money. They're not going to They're not gonna get famous. Right. They're not going to be, like, actors. They're not going to be in movies. There's nothing to really benefit of, from it. You know I mean? He's most likely not even going to go to jail. No. Because I, of the statute Not at this point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I just, I just heard somebody say, like, he's... If if everybody's telling the truth, he's one of the most egregious serial rapists of this century. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Which is like, doctor. Yeah, when you think about that, yeah, that's yeah. In, and you're just yeah. like, what? Yeah, and it's like it's it's hard to fathom. It's hard, but the one thing I don't like, I don't like people say, oh, well, if a girl accuses a guy of of sexual assault, she wants something. No. Or she wants... I'm like, well, maybe because the, the guy actually fucking did it. You know what I mean? <laughs> maybe that's like... Like, like, like I was watching... There's this documentary that came out. Um, I didn't see it, but I saw the trailer. It's called The Hunting Ground. And it's about... It's like, in my queue. Yeah. It's I'm called... watch it, yeah. It's called The Hunting Ground. And it's about this epidemic of college, like, rapes. 
like girls who have come forward about being raped in colleges. And how colleges sweep it under the yeah, rug. Yeah, and now they sweep it under the rug and say, I was like, you can't just automatically do that. Now, do some women, do they sit there and they try? Of course they do. But you can't just every time some girl comes forward and says, hey, this guy did this and be like, ah, oh, no, he didn't. You know what I mean? He's yeah. like, yeah, that's the 10th time this week. Ah, oh, come on. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. He might have done it 10 times. Yeah, exactly. Like, you got to exactly. talk about yeah. it. You can't automatically, you have to, you have to like pick a side. You have to take the side of like the victim. And then, and then the one thing about, about the Cosby thing, again, I, I, innocent to proven guilty. I'm going to say that. I'm not going to accuse whatever. <laughs> but like the one thing that kind of was whatever is when he wouldn't emphatically deny it. You know what right. I mean? It's like he, he didn't emphatically say, what? I Even Clinton touch- did. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Clinton did. He was like proven to be a liar. He didn't emphatically say, you know what, I didn't. That that's flat right. out bullshit. Flat. Out. He was like, hey man, why are you asking these questions? <laughs> you know what I mean? He's yep. like, hey man, let's talk about this another time. <laughs> right. He's like, oh, oh, I can't talk about that. You know. So and, and even in the, the when the court transcripts came out and he was there basically admitting admitting under oath that, that he was he, drugging girls and things like that. It no, was he like said, see, see the thing about like. The small like people when when people are caught, they'll pick a lie. Yeah, no, no, they'll pick a lie. They'll, they'll they'll pick something to tell the truth about, right? They'll pick <laughs> something. There's like, yeah. all right, I'm gonna tell. So then he says, "Oh yeah, I did buy quaaludes one time. Come on, <laughs> who the fuck buys quaaludes one time? <laughs> like, just one time. Like nobody buys fucking quaaludes one time. That's and why Clinton like, got shipped for like, but I never inhaled. Exactly. Yeah, you yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, that's like that's like saying, yeah, I've opened a beer, but I've never drank it. Like, exactly. What did you do? Dump it on your fucking head? Like, exactly. That'd be- there's only one." Way way to do it yeah like i've had one screwdriver in my entire come on dude yeah and the amazing thing about how that all that cosby stuff came about was like it was hannibal burris it was like a throwaway line no he said yeah he was talking about cosby he's like he's a rapist google him yeah and that was it and then he moved on yeah and it just uh the the media i think latched he's like i'm not lying like go look it up and and blew it up you know and it's funny that all those other times like like john said before that people had said it out loud or put it in print but why does it take that hannibal burris moment because because cosby has lost because that's the thing everything has like a shelf life like everything you do eventually like could you you couldn't do this in 1975 or whatever cosby he was like the biggest star sure uh, you know doing like sydney portier films you couldn't <laughs> do this with the huxtables and like people have tried that's why like sometimes i was reading on facebook like a lot of my friends like what took them so long to come out I was like they didn't take long to come out they tried to and when you going after the biggest star in the world when you're going at when you're like a small now some people say oh well they shouldn't have gone over his house he was like promising them like jobs or a lot of times they're just simple business meetings sure he's having business with or at least what the other girl alleges he was having like simple business meetings oh we're gonna you know whatever she wake up whatever like is that really you know that's not her fault she's having a business meeting now did some girls come over there look oh i'm gonna have sex with bill cosby most yeah i'm pretty sure he's a celebrity of course they did you know, same with Tiger Woods or anybody else. But, like, did all of them come over? To, I mean, come on, man. Yeah. Come on. Come on. People got to, like, get over their biases. If it's somebody's guilty, they're guilty. That's all I got to say. But, hey, but he's not guilty to proven innocent. I don't think he ever might have an opportunity to be proven innocent or guilty. No, he won't. He won't. That's it, the shame it, of it all. It'll just be it. up in the... Uh, It'll just be up in the air, and I believe, hey, you know, he hasn't been proven guilty, but I have my own suspicions, 
And I have my own feelings, but I'm not going to say he is guilty, but. Not going to say he isn't. He's less innocent than most. <laughs> <laughs> he's less innocent. <laughs> so who are the, so who are the, besides Bill Cosby, because I don't think we should do, look up to him. Who do you look up to? Who who are like, uh, besides Pryor, like. Richard Pryor, uh, Dave Attell, I really liked. Um, you like David Tell? I love David. Did you Tell. did you used to watch his show? I loved Insomniac. That oh, was okay. my favorite Great show. Great show. That was my favorite show. Did uh, you ever see the episode where they went to the porn looping? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where it's like the people do the voices of the porn star? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a great show. What a great idea it for was. the was Wait, awesome. did you see Dave's old porn? Did you ever watch that? Dave's old porn. You never saw that? Dave Attell's porn? Dave Attell had a show called Dave's Old It was it was it was uh it's on I think it was on Showtime, and it's called Dave's Old Porn. And what he what he does is he sits on a couch. It's all green screen, and he watches old porno movies. And then what happens is is like based on whatever the subject matter is that week, he'll have the porn star from the seventies that was in there on the show and a guest. Oh, you never saw Dave's old porn? No, it's Uh, awesome. It's the funniest thing ever. (laughs) That's hilarious. I I don't know how I've never heard about that. Yeah, Dave's old porn, man. It's so funny. Oh Jesus! Like oh yeah, he would have he would have like when you're kids, you grow up. That's when it was on cassette, like a VHS of porn. Yeah, and you're like, oh, that guy's in every porno movie. Like <laughs> David Tell had that guy on his show, <laughs> and you know, just like, and he'd talk to them frankly about everything, and they'd make jokes about everything. And the one guy on there was like, man, I did so many drugs, I don't even remember doing this. Like none of this, I don't remember. And Dave's like, really? <laughs> And they would do, and then what they would do because it was green screen. If if uh, there was like a penis, mm. they're on a couch, but they'd make the couch like where the black bar would be on the mm. penis, and the couch would move with all the guests <laughs> on it. <laughs> it was really insane. It tells, uh, I think it tells amazing. Yeah. Oh, Who I, else? Uh, David Tell, Earthquake. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw him, but he's hilarious. I think he's one. I think he's probably one of the funniest in the. World Who's now. Earthquake? I haven't seen him in a few years. Oh no, well, he still does stand. Is he still doing? He stuff? doesn't. He he uh, he doesn't do like movies or stuff. But I mean, he's just okay. hilarious. And um, Lewis Black, I was into. Uh, those are pretty much the main three. I was really like, who sucks? Who sucks? Besides Jim Norton. <laughs> Jim Norton. Yes, I hate Dane Cook. Dane Cook's, but the thing about Dane Cook, if you're like a young comic, just from what he does, he's probably the best person to watch because of how he just he just constantly just engages the audience. You know what I oh, mean? I can't stand him. He just draw, he just draw, he, but he does, he just draws them in. He draws you in, and he was always like that. He draws you in, and it just becomes like like the best thing. But I I realize, like, I mean, I'm not his biggest fan either, but. I just think there's a lot of things he does that people can learn from. I'm not a big fan of like the the shtick comics, like uh, like Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, you know, like it's it. like a, a, the whole shtick that goes with that. And you all mean the jokes like, Ron White's funny though. That. I think Ron White's funny. I think Ron White is the one that kind of got roped into that just because he had an accent. He has an accent. <laughs> yeah, like because him and Jeff Foxworthy had this. You know, uh, Larry the Cable Guy and Jeff Foxworthy they had the same sort of. You know, here's here's the hook. You know, well here you might be a redneck. Right it's all like G rated. Safe for safe yeah. for your six year old. Yeah, I, I just I can't get into that stuff. What about yeah. Tosh? You like Tosh? Uh, nah. I like I like him when he first. I think he's feeling himself a little bit. He's kind of like a douche. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think I think yeah, he's, he's kind of like he's spiraled isn't, out. Wait, isn't quick. he coming here too? Uh, yeah. 
When's that? Yeah, well, I, he did already, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a while ago. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of him. Kevin Hart. <sighs> it's weird because... I feel like the, the only thing I ever thought I, the only thing the only thing the only thing I ever thought he did was funny was when he was making fun of Shaquille O'Neal when he fell. See, but that's the thing. That's the thing. Like the thing about Kevin Hart, I feel like it's like almost blasphemy. Like I'm gonna get struck down <laughs> for talking. But the thing about him is like I don't think his material is funny, but I think he's funny. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Like when I watch his stand up, like his jokes, I don't think are funny. But when he's like riffing on somebody or making fun of somebody or when he made fun of Shaquille, that stuff was like hilarious. When he's going off the top of his head or when he's like, but his material, I, I like, I, I don't think I've ever laughed once at his material. So do you think he's better suited for more of like, I wouldn't say maybe in improv? Like maybe that's why the movies are funny because they're just like and eh, do whatever you want. Right no, now. well he's better suited for stand up because he makes money. I mean he's not. He gonna sells hit. out auditoriums. Yeah, and, he's not yeah. gonna stop doing what he's doing because my ass is like, <laughs> he's like. He's like that one guy hates me, man. I'm gonna stop. I'm, gonna, I'm going to improv. I'm gonna be a nomad. I'm gonna just do all types of shit. Nah, man. I'm probably the only person in the world who feels like that. But yeah, that that's just my take on it. Like his material isn't funny, but I think he's funny. I think he's a funny dude. Hey, it's a fair assessment. Yeah. Do you? Have, I saw you looking at your pad. What? Why? What's what? on the pad? Do you have a question? No. Oh. No, so just, what's next for you, man? Uh, we're I trying to keep these podcasts under like an hour, hour and a half because people are starting to get. We were doing three hour ones, and people are like, "I can't, I can't do that." <laughs> yeah. Or they're they're doing it in like five settings. It's like ah, you should be able to listen to it one or two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was the one I couldn't get through in a week was where I was like, we need to revamp how we do this. Yeah. So, what's next for you? Well, um, <laughs> I'm like I said, I'm doing a show in Tafton this week, which should be an awesome show. People should come out. Uh, I have my group, uh, them Scranton boys. You know, me, Kevin Lepka, Will Robbins, half and half. Um, just trying to set up a, you know, a tour or whatever, but first we're trying to get social media presence. Um, you know, follow us on Instagram and Facebook and all that jazz. And then um, uh, I'm, what I'm trying to do is trying to get into like more comedy festivals. That's a goal of mine for like a couple of years now. And for that, you just need like a really good tape. But um, that, so that'll that, be my... You know you won that, right? What? We're, if you have a show, we go record you. Oh really? Yeah, that's that's part of your prize. I only knew about the two hundred fifty dollars. Everything else, I just kind of fucking didn't know. No, we did it for Zach when Zach won. We went. I went up to Stroudsburg and we we recorded his. He did a whole set. He did like an hour and ten. Really? Yeah, and then and then I sent it to him. Oh. Yeah, he brought a video camera. I said, Zach, give me your it's camera. It's actually I'll sync uh, it up. coming out pretty soon. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. He's got he's got the package together. I guess he got he has art for it and everything now. So that should be coming out relatively soon. Oh, but he wants he probably wants like a DVD. Uh, no, he's wanna, just doing, I don't he's just a doing a CD. Just a CD. He just he just he uh it was a, a live performance and, and uh Mark recorded as a CD. So do whatever you, you want to do. I mean I just want I just want a DVD so I can give it to people. Okay. Do you want uh, DVD or CD or both or YouTube I or I guess uh well it would have to go on YouTube, but Do you have do you have a do you have a a, a whole set? Oh, you mean like an hour? Yeah, I have an hour. Well, there you go. I'll well, cut up all your tracks and yeah. Well, I'm doing like I'm, I think I'm doing like a half hour this week. So no, just we'll set it up. Zach was Zach's one of those guys. Like I don't care. <laughs> he's like he's I know so I, laid back. 
Yeah, as soon as he won, I was like, oh, thank God, we don't have to do a whole album for a band. Yeah. And I, as soon as you won, I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So if you guys have a night, you know, where uh, you want us to come up and you get like a whole hour or however many, you, I mean, if you want to do how many hours you want, we'll do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'll mix it and we'll make it sound good. And Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then you can use that for all your promotion. Yeah, I, uh, Steve said too. Uh, he's he's like Steve I, from I Verastro. Yeah, he uh, he was one of the judges. Uh, oh wait and, a minute, he's supposed to give me like a refrigerator. Yeah, he's, he's like <laughs> he go he goes. I think John thought I was joking about the I fridge, did. but I really do have I a fridge. He goes, he goes, he goes. I'm like he's like he's like. So where do you want your refrigerator? And I'm like ah you. you know, I'm like ah this guy's gonna give me a refrigerator mini fridge and he, that's what he said he's like it's from sam adams mini fridge yeah but i don't know I, that's one of the prizes i i like my mini fridge <laughs> did you get it yet no well how much but how am i supposed to get a mini fridge home I, well steve said he'll 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 meet you and he'll get it to you because it's it's just in the back of his car so i mean i'm sure he'll he meet can, it to me yeah <laughs> so we're gonna meet like in a abandoned lot well he's he's got to give you the the ski passes and all that stuff too ski i got ski passes yeah this yeah. is the best conversation <laughs> a whole ever. Winter tell him <laughs> everything else he has no idea he won i know these are all i feel like these are all prizes for like a white person yeah like a, <laughs> they weren't expected <laughs> Well, we weren't gonna say it, but yeah, here, John, you want ski passes and a mini fridge from Sam Adams? You know what's great though? Your 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 Christmas presents are done for exactly. all the. You could you can give that to Kevin so, or anybody else. I'm not giving Kevin shit, but uh, my dad, he's getting a mini fridge for all his Sam Adams. I never thought about that until now. Yeah, exactly. It's just a, a Sam. Because as soon as he said ski passes, I looked I'm at like, you. I don't I'm not an avid skier <laughs> at all. I don't ski. <laughs> How many ski passes do I get? <laughs> I don't know. You have to talk. It'll to be Steve. like that bit from Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> What's his name? Clark Robinson or Craig no, Robinson? Craig Robinson? <laughs> He's just like, which Michael Jackson is it? He's just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh oh my ski, god, that was man. so funny. What yeah. else did he win? He got no, ski I, passes. Well, it's a whole winter package of some sort. You have to talk to Steve about it. I don't know. Oh, okay. There's a whole bunch of stuff. What that else goes did he win? That. I didn't even. I, only, that, I, I was only into the two hundred fifty dollars. It was the, and the, the funny thing about it. I didn't even think I like. I didn't focus on the prize because I didn't even think I was gonna win. I just wanted to do well. Sure. Were you surprised? I was. I was. I I was surprised, man. There was like literally like, I thought that girl who came up before me. I thought she was like amazing. I thought Fred on the drums, you know, his little makeshift drum thing. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Like, people were telling me, it was like, oh, you know, I think you got in the bag. It's like, I don't know, man. Everybody, I thought Adam at the end, I thought he was, like, really good. I just thought everybody was really good. So, and I knew they were going to be. So, I just didn't even think about winning. I didn't even look at the prize. I didn't even know. I didn't even know. I didn't even know how much money was. I knew money was a part of it. But, like, I know last year, I think Zach went to Cleveland. Yeah. He went to Cleveland. Did he go? Yeah, he, yeah he, he did finally go. Did yeah. he have a good time? Uh, mostly no. <laughs> really? <laughs> he actually said Cleveland was kind of miserable. Plus, it rained the entire time they were oh, there. Oh, no shit. So they didn't really get to see much uh, without getting completely soaked. So that sucks. Uh, yeah, well, it wasn't. It, they, they said it was okay. Like it, it, it wasn't a total wash or anything. Why but, Cleveland? Why? Why? Why do you guys? Because uh, well, uh, the, Great Lakes Brewing 
is they were there. Yeah, they right? were the sponsor. Uh, Great Lakes Brewing was a sponsor, and they're based there. So oh, a lot of gotcha, the stuff gotcha. that they had was obviously tied into the brewery in the area. Did they go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Which we said, you know, in the future, uh, as far as I know, they did. Uh, in the future, you know, we want to do stuff that's, uh, you know, a little more closer to the area, things like that. That aren't, you know, aren't going to require people to travel and everything. Yeah. I mean, it was the first one, so I mean, you know, you're happy to have so, any sponsors, any prizes at all because it's untested. It's something that no one's yeah, ever done yeah, before, yeah. so they don't know how it's going to go over or anything yeah. like that. So, wait, isn't there this, concert tickets too or something? Uh, with this, the, the with this one, yeah, there's there's a whole pe- again. Talk to Steve. Stop asking me what the hell's in the damn thing because. I didn't put that package together. I, I got to put see. it together. I got to. I got to check my package now. <laughs> I got to check my. I, I swear, I have the two envelopes, and they're in like my glove because I was just happy about that two hundred fifty dollars. Well, yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't then, be. I, then I knew. I knew about the recording thing. Yeah. And then, uh, but when you said recording, I thought it was like. <sighs> To do time in like the studio, I didn't know you guys came up to record me. No, I'll well, come, however I'll, we'll, you we'll want to do it. Yeah, oh, I, I don't, I don't, awesome. I don't know how entertaining it'll be if you kind of do like a book on tape of comedy. Yeah, that's what I, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. That's what I thought, but yeah, that'd be awesome. no. We go, out, we'll we'll go out and if you have a good sh- get a get a room, man, get a nice room that you know. Well, the one this weekend should be nice, man, because I've done it before and it was really awesome. But you we'll should do an I- hour. No, well, I I gotta do whatever time I'm allowed. Yeah, but I mean, you can you can call in this whenever you want. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if you're like, oh, the show I want to do is in March, we'll do it then. Okay. Okay. Definitely. So, yeah. So yeah. you got some time to plan it out or whatever. Yeah, we'll yeah. put something together. We'll help you promote it and get people to the show and everything. That'd be awesome. Definitely. Definitely. Cool. If you're lucky, yeah. I'll film it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If that's I'm what... feeling giving that day, I'll be yeah. like, all right, I'll haul all this shit and. Well, you know, like you said before, he, he'll bitch about it, and then once he gets the there, there. It, he's going to be like, oh, this is great. I'm so happy to be a part of this. <laughs> this is pretty much what I go through every week Why on a weekly I... basis with any PA scene. It's yeah. like, oh, do we have to do this? And then he's in here, and he's fucking enjoying himself. He's laughing. He's having fun. Yeah, and every week, we go through the same process again. He's not it's not like, lying. It's like the five stages of fucking grief, you know, like yeah. over and over again. How many stages? I, I don't go through all of them. Oh, yeah, acceptance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right around the 10-minute mark, I accept it. Yeah. yeah um, exactly. Do you want to do the last word? Yeah. Do we have a good one? Uh, well, I figured we'd just talk about uh, uh, the the last episode that we did, uh, episode forty. Was oh yeah, that was two weeks ago because last week all yeah this last shit week happened. last week we took a week off so that we could focus on promoting Got Talent and and all the planning and stuff that goes into that. And of course, lots of last minute shit like uh, you know uh, L- Lauren was supposed to. Uh, to be a judge and then she got sick and so we had to find a replacement quick and you know all kinds of stuff behind the scenes so you know it, it, it's no matter how much planning you do and how much preparation there's always last minute stuff uh, with that so it, it was just a pain it was like uh, you know we'll just take a week off the show and then come back you know John, you gotta listen so. to episode 40 that was two weeks ago it was awesome yeah 40 was uh, probably our most controversial episode that Whoa, we've done was it controversial well, it was controversial uh, because um, we talked. To, we, we had the former staff. Uh, do you you remember uh, Go Lackawanna when it was still around? Uh, yeah. The weekly Scranton newspaper. Yeah. And um, a lot of people. It just kind of 
disappeared after you know about two and a half years. It just kind of went away, and no one ever talked about like what really happened with it or anything. So, uh, so we had uh, that was your closure. Yeah, it really, it really was. Uh, You know, our our photographer Jason Reed Miller, who does photos now for any pay scene, and my friend uh, Chris Hughes, who was the editor, and myself, I was the staff writer there. So we kind of sat down and and talked about the episode. So if you haven't if you haven't heard it yet, uh, give it a listen. It's it's. Uh, very interesting if you want to know all that behind the scenes drama uh, that happens in local media. And that's really uh, immediately, as soon as we put it out, I knew that a lot of the people that we talked about on the episode uh, were going to be listening. Mm. <laughs> so uh, a lot of those people, from what I hear, just, not just, just, just for the record, I did not know. <laughs> Actual names were going to be used, and I blame Reed Miller for all. I of do, that. I do blame Reed Miller for that too, because uh, we really weren't, we weren't really weren't going to name names specifically. We did name some. There was plenty more that we should have named that we did. But those were all public things. Yeah, absolutely. It's not. It's not like a. It wasn't like a secret. Like we weren't. The stories you were telling at a school were stories that you would. You, you didn't sign an NDA, so you didn't. Right. And you these, couldn't talk to your mom about it. Right. And this is how many years after the fact. I mean, the companies that we're talking about even don't even exist in a lot of ways anymore, you know, or they, they got bought out and changed and things like that. Or people moved to other, uh, you know, they worked for one paper, now they work for another. So, but what was interesting about it is is we got just a, a lot of reactions just talking about it, a lot of shares, a lot of listens. Uh, really? Uh, I'm always you, fascinated to hear that people actually give a damn about us and yeah, listen to people, us. Yeah, people really do. And, and this episode in particular, I think a lot of people were very interested in. And what I learned right away was there's just a lot of whiny crybabies in local media uh, uh, because a lot of people uh, supposedly whined about it. (laughs) See, but that's the thing is... is Where I'm like, traffic sucks. But we can can talk about it honestly. Like, my problem is, is that uh, there's there's too many stuffed shirts, you know, who want to act all professional. Behind the scenes, they're the most uh, unprofessional, or in many cases, just shitty fucking people <laughs> who do shitty fucking things. But they want to pretend like they're so much better out front when they have the business suit on. So is our the, message the, the is is the message just be yourself, man? Yeah, yeah, and 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 don't be I, a fraud. I, I yeah, exactly. So I mean, we don't we don't hide anything. We talk about everything very honestly. But we're independent, and we can do that. You know, yeah. uh, the, 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 a lot of these other. <laughs> People they can't say things or they can't do things that they'd want to do. So Careful, I Rich, think I still have a business. <laughs> for, for some of those people, I I think they kind of found a cathartic. Uh, you know, I heard from a lot of former colleagues or people who still work for some of these companies that were just like, "Wow, you did it! You went there! You said those things!" And it was like, "Yeah, you know, these are the conversations." Were they surprised? We, well, these are the things we 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 talk about every single day, but no one's going to put it in print or no one's going to record it or put it out front, and we just kind of did. So. I guess. Yeah, but see, isn't the interesting thing about what you guys did was actually the news? Yeah. (laughs) About what we did two weeks ago? Well, (laughs) (laughs) it was actually just audio news. It was NPR. We NPR. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But you know, uh, but hey, podcasters still <laughs> still haven't caught on to the general public around here yet. Podcasts are, are one of the fastest growing forms of media right now. Uh, they're huge all over the the world. So of course, Northeast PA is just a few more years behind that. We're just yeah. kind of catching up to that. It's the same when now. the world ends. Northeast PA has ten more years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, our, our our show's been around a whole year now. So uh, you know, it's it's old hat to us, but I guess it's still new to a lot of people and so So what happened well one of the things that i thought was really interesting was um 
some of the people that we talked about uh, on the show that we we talked to afterwards and things like that, a lot of things got confirmed that we talked about. Like, remember on the show, we 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 said like, oh, we think this is what happened behind the scenes. Or we think this person did this, but we're not quite sure because obviously we were never privy to that conversation or our pay grade didn't reach that high. Yeah. That, you know, all those things were confirmed. So if there's anything, was there anything that in was the, in, the, so, in the previous episode? N- none of it was debunked. Not one. Not bit one of it. thing was not, debunked. No. No, in in fact, a lot of the things that we uh, thought had happened, or we kind of assumed, that's exactly what happened. Those things were confirmed, <laughs> so that was interesting. Uh, a lot of the things that we guessed uh, turned out to be true, and uh, a lot. I, I guess it uh, it it bothered some people. It ruffled some feathers, which is fine. That's, what do you mean without being spe- without being specific? Yeah. What did they say? Well, with, I I can't without being specific to those particular people. Par- but paraphrase and some some. And General. Some publications were were not a fan of the things that we said, but you know, it's not that we didn't say anything that wasn't true. That's the main thing. It's not like we were name calling or anything else. We were just kind of. Did you hear specifically from specific people who were upset? Uh, or is like is this well, like grapevine stuff? Uh, some of it was some of it was grapevine. Some of it was was direct. Some of it was people. Like I said, uh, I've heard from people that did work. You get, in these did you companies. get any? Uh, did you get a hair? How dare you? You know what? The, the thing is, is I didn't get any like hate or outright you know whatever. But I heard from. You know, other like uh, you know, Reed Miller said he heard from some people. Uh, you know, Chris said he heard from some people. So, uh, it, you know, some of that was was hearsay. But uh, other things uh, that I thought um, were were kind of like, like I said, guesses on our part. Yeah, I guess they're true. So. Listen to the episode. Uh, if you like it and you're interested, we're thinking about doing a sequel episode. Uh, oh, shitting me? Nobody told me about this. <laughs> no, I did actually tell you. Yeah, but I didn't know it was going to be... Well, I... I, I like... I'm, I want to see if there's interest. If Avengers people, Infinity do, War. Do people want to <laughs> Do people want to know more? Uh, age of local media. <laughs> yeah, no, if, if people want to know more... What would the next more, one be about? Uh, I guess talking about some of those things that were confirmed to be true, and and uh, I th- I think more about uh, where local media is headed. I think it would be interesting to talk about because obviously we talked about a lot about the past and how things got to where they are now. Um, I think the next step is all right. Well, let's look ahead. You know what what where is local media headed? Are we headed in the right direction? Are we headed in the wrong direction? Uh, what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? Uh, and, and you know, are you going to put yourself it, under that microscope too? Is yes, absolutely. Okay, good. Well, what 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 role does independent media play into this? Because. Uh, I found that there has to be a place for it. Well, there is obviously because uh, you know any PA scene has gotten to that point where we we have this following, we have people that like us even some more than uh, uh, we have a better reputation than some other publications in the area. So it's interesting. And some people don't like you, Rich, and some people don't, (laughs) and that's fine. And they can come on the show and they can tell me. But most of the be awesome. But here's the problem. Most of those people who do those things or say those things, they won't do it publicly. And that's what I was talking about before. They will say something behind your back or they'll say it to somebody else, but they won't say it to your face. I think if you get to people... yeah, and that's just general, people in yeah. general. Yeah. That's true. I mean, that's any any profession you're going to find that. How many, times, how many times in your life have you had a circumstance where somebody's like, fuck him? And then when you talk to him, you're like, oh, we're either cool or at least we agree to disagree. Uh, wait a minute. I think that, you, that I that I 
I'm just saying, like in your life in general, if somebody if somebody was either talking shit or or you know didn't like you and basically had no basis for it, and when you finally not confront them in a physical way, but you confront them physically to them, yeah, yeah, they yeah. usually tend to be like, well, I kind of meant that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody and then it kind of diffuses like the 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 animosity a yeah. bit. Everybody, everybody talks about behind everybody's back because it's like comfortable. You know, it's comfortable. It's comfortable. So like, people need a face to their grievance. Like, right. people can't like people can't just be angry. It it has to be somebody's fault that they're angry. So then, or people can't hate on something just in general. They have to. It has to be a face. Every I think everybody has their own villain. You know what I mean? Or at they, least in any, they, there has to be a villain. There has to be a villain. So, but then. In the long run, I think most people don't really like you see a they see a guy and they're like, Oh, that guy's an a-hole, and then you talk to him and he's like, All right. Because just they just need <laughs> they do, they just need a face for their hatred and anger. And they need to project it onto somebody and then turn to find out. Now some people are just not mature enough to go the other direction, but some people are just kinda like, you know, that guy wasn't that bad. I think this could be very therapeutic for Rich, for you, Rich. Well, I, I not, just, not for you specifically, but if anybody, not, you not know, to, especially somebody who's like, hey, fuck Rich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why don't you come on and, and figure out why? Yeah. Well, and, and not just and not just me, but uh, I, I think you've invited people, people on in the past who have had issue with you and they uh, they haven't taken you up on your offer. That's right. Your kind offer. That's right. Because yeah. they think it's going to be a slugfest. Right. Yeah. And it's and it's absolutely not. You know, I'm willing to because I, I mean, I'm not perfect, you know, and I'm running this thing kind of by the seat of my pants. I mean, this is something that, you know, I just had a bunch of ideas and threw them together and hoped that it would work. And they they did. And, and I'm thankful that they have come together the way that they have. But I mean, uh, in, in terms of, you know, I have I have more of a set plan than I did a year ago. But I mean, a year ago, it was just like, I'm going to just kind of throw this throw together what I know. Uh, in the past has worked and things that I think other publications are doing well that we should be doing too that maybe the area isn't and see where it goes from there and and it worked out but competition breeds creativity you know you shouldn't get pissed off at your competition you should be like oh they're doing something good that means we have to too well and that's the thing is and I I mentioned this the the last episode uh, there's so much focus on the competition in the quote unquote newspaper war I mean, their words, not mine. Like this is the their, the newspaper war. Yeah, which war is so usually has violence. Goofy in it. and immature and 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 childlike. In terms should they of call the it mentality. the newspaper disagreement? Are newspapers <laughs> always fighting each other? Well, in in this, if they have the same coverage area, yes, it seems to be that you know they they'd rather not work. F- you know, they're they're so busy fighting each other. I think they should be more focused on what they can do to help the community and to to work together. I just I don't I think there's room for everybody. And I think there's room for everybody to do their own thing as well. I, I, I don't think there's room for people so to just rip trough, off what man. other people are doing. Or you know, I think I think I think there's room for everybody to do their own thing. And you're going to find enough customers. There's a, there's you're a place. Find enough readers. Absolutely. Everybody's got their place at the table. Absolutely. And uh, whether they whether they want to realize that or not is is fine. But newspapers are on the wane for a reason, you know. And there are quite a few reasons. But I think <laughs> one we're of them too is lazy that- to turn a page. It's <laughs> <laughs> so heavy. It's a it's, it's also so a business. Speaking of newspapers, I don't know if you saw. I, I actually went to the movie. I just saw that Spotlight movie. Is that out around here? Oh yeah, yeah. how is that? Wait, awesome. when did you see that? I want to go see Today. that. I've been looking for it. Today was it good? One twenty. I went to see it. It was excellent. 
But it's funny because you just mentioned that's the one about that's the one about the Boston newspapers who exposed the Catholic yeah, the Church, Boston team that exposed the uh, the church and all that, and their investigative reporting. I thought it was really good, but there like there was a lot of like competition from was like the Boston Globe and the uh, Boston Herald. And it, you know, there's like, you know, we got to do this for somebody else snaps it because they want to be the one <laughs> mainly. And, you know, you used to think like I used to think it was like the business side of it. But mainly their whole thing is like if anybody else gets it, they're just going to fuck it up. Like we yeah. have to be the ones to get this story out. Right. Anybody else is just going to fuck it up and right. you know, not be. So I thought that was interesting. See, most people I, think it's about reporting about nonsense it's not it's a there's there's like you know most report i i really believe this i i really think that most reporters at the end of the day want to write about stuff that they're passionate about and yeah. i would think they want to write about things that that you know they're interested in or or, or they think a wrong has been done yeah there's something that they want to bring to light you know something that they think is relevant uh to their, yeah. their readers and i i but and I, they don't want some they they want to be able to control it so that nobody else can fuck it up and, yeah, pretty and much yeah. a, a lot of a lot of media in general i think the problem is especially with the internet now is it, we're so focused on breaking news and being the first one with the exclusive and this and that that we're we're not focused on telling the story well and telling the story right and actually serving the community that we're supposed to be a part of mm-hmm. uh that's a that's a real problem all over i'm not i'm not focusing on the on the area i'm just saying in general i think there's yeah. a lot of uh issues with people you know and and the the, the, the thing is is uh, a lot of people they don't really want to follow up they whatever they hear first that's what they they assume is fact right. so if you know uh say there's another sh- uh, shooting and they say well you know we think uh this guy did it for these reasons they're just gonna go then with that, that becomes they're the reason that. that's gonna, it now all yeah. of the other now all the other media because they want to be the first to tell their readers or whatever they're going to just copy whatever that person said whether it was true or not they're going to run with that story and now that becomes the story Whereas the the when they they find the facts later and they find out oh well maybe that's not true at all it's too late all everyone already believes the lie that was pushed forward in the first no, see, place but that's the thing, that's the thing. or the half truth yeah. yes exactly. but anymore they don't say oh you know it's too late they still a lot of times they still try to push the lie yeah absolutely they do they try because and, it sells right. papers no they still try like if it says so and so did this for a certain reason well he was reading these books so he was this and he was that and he was part of this group and he was whatever whatever you know so yeah i'm gonna drop a little history lesson real quick sure because those kids were doing that documentary about about me and i had to (laughs) bring this up (laughs) coming to no radio station soon (laughs) (laughs) um when 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 tv was first invented right the federal communications commission the government owns the airwaves yeah they gave away the 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 cbs nbc ABC. They said, we'll give you, we'll give you the airwaves and the channels to do whatever you want. You don't have to pay us anything, no rent, no nothing, but you have to do at least one hour of educational informative programming a day. That was all true for the most part up until 9-11, which is when the 24 hour news cycle really kicked into high gear. And it went from in the news division and corporate were totally separate entities and neither one told each other what to do. So that way, if the CBS News, if, you know, let's say CBS had slave labor, you know, the CBS News can report on it and even, you know, call their own parent company to task and the parent company couldn't do anything about it. 
because it was news. It was right. just news. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it became corporate, you know, you turn on the news now. You turn on you turn on MSNBC, Fox, CNN, uh, even the nightly news, which has now been bastardized. It's about you know how can we sell more advertising time? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and it and it's and it's and it's not what it is now. It's now become it's the Morton Downey show, twenty four hours a day. The, the the worst thing that I see. Uh, especially when it comes to the nightly news, because there's always a segment or half the damn news anymore where it's like they're showing YouTube videos. They're showing like badly pixelated YouTube videos and they're calling that news. Like, oh, tonight, you know, there's a, a viral video going around of this kid and his cat and we're going to show that to you. And it's it's like th- that is such a waste of time and energy. It's a waste of time, but it sucks the viewers in. It's, it's like, yeah, and it's that's ridiculous. It, so, there's, so there's two ways to look at it, which makes you really scared. Is it capitalism at its, at its worst, or is it that that's what we really want? Right, that, that is what the that's what that's what people want. You ever see Anchorman two? Yes. Do you see Anchorman? Like I know it's like a slapstick comedy, but that's the but whole, Adam McKay always put plot. something deep in there. Yeah, that, yeah, that was the whole plot of that movie. One right, it? it was the whole plot was about how you know capitalism kind of changed the news and to being what it is. You know where people stop reporting. I think we're in a scary place. I, t- I told them, I, I said, there's no more Walter Cronkite. There's no more Dan Rathers. There's no, there's no more of those guys. Right. Cause they were our moral barometer. Mm. They weren't, you know, the, the, the pundit, they were just a more, they were just here. And that's the news. That's how, that's what they would say at the end of it. And that's the news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not have an opinion about it. You know, I was telling, I was, you know, I was telling those guys, I'm like, look, when Kennedy got assassinated, I think the whole world or the majority of the country can agree that that's a shame. Yeah. And we could talk about it, but it was the news. It was never Cronkite going like, and that bastard. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know what I mean? He, there was no opinion about it. The Peter Jenningses, the Dan Rathers, the like those guys, well, that, well, that's it. That we will never get that back. No. Most most uh, news shows that people watch now are the opinion shows. You know, there's some, they're a pundit who sits there for half an hour or an hour and tells you how to feel about whatever the headlines sure. are. That and day. John Stewart knew it before everybody else because when he went on Crossfire and he's got, he's like, you're hurt. Hurting people. Stop. Yes. And then it just kept going. That's why Trump. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the Victorian freak show. Yeah, Trump's. Yeah. Pre- he's gonna be president. He's gonna win in the landslide. We're f- we're fucked. He's gonna he's if gonna he's win. president. But isn't it? What I don't do, think he thinks he can win. I think he got into it as like, ah, this will help me sell more golf courses. It's what is what Rich just said about the YouTube video. He's the YouTube video. Yeah, that's, that's what, what he, he is. The YouTube, right? Right. Like you said, you put the YouTube video of the kid playing with the kitten. That's what he is. That's what people want. People want the freak show. Yeah, people, people want to talk like, about it. Yeah, people want people want like the the freak show. They want the and the more crazy things he says. Like I'm telling you, like like it was a big thing. He made fun of that handicapped reporter. Everybody thought it was a weird thing. It gained him like 20 more voters. That's the thing. It like, but, but you know what? Like, but you know what? The thing. I don't know if he's intelligent. I don't think he is, but no, he's, he's savvy. Intelligent. He's intelligent. He knows what he's. He doing. knows exactly what he's he doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. He know. He knows. He know because as long it doesn't good, bad, or indifferent. As long as his name's in the news, he's still relevant. Yeah, and that's what it is relevant. And that's all he's doing. He's a name. He has a TV show. He has a he. he he's a face. He knows. He knows that it's his face. And the more you know, how many times you hear him pretty much talk about himself. All the time. Exactly. During the campaign, he knows that if he talks about himself, he talks, he like Donald Trump knows how to win this election. That's he knows scary. How, he knows how he, he'll be president and it won't even be close. He'll be he'll, he's our next president. He knows how to win an election. 
Do you think? Do you think? I think there's a possibility, however remote, that he could be president. Do you feel confident he could be president? I think he's gonna win. I think he's gonna win. I think. I think first he has this, and and then you have all these like the fears about you know the Syrian refugees and terrorism, and he pretty much goes off the wall and pretty much says what every you know out of lunacy oh i'm gonna do this and that and then it makes people feel like i like uh like i saw somebody they said well i don't like the guy but i'd vote for him over because of all the refugees or whatever people don't realize those refugees aren't going to be in this country for like two years <laughs> because they had to get vet there's like a whole process <laughs> you know that's what it's so weird yeah. it's like oh man i'm refugee. they're not gonna be here tomorrow right you know what i'm saying there's like a whole process that they have to go through <laughs> the like, cargo jet isn't gonna land yeah, in a volca exactly. Yeah. exactly you're not gonna look out you're not gonna look at your house in scranton there's like all tents set up now <laughs> like next tuesday like that's what the people are so stupid it's like, oh man they're letting all the refugee like like two or three years from now but <laughs> because there's a fear there he plays on their fears now yeah that's what I mean. you you can play on people's fear you can you can get anything you want you know what that's much. called the shock doctrine <laughs> naomi klein believe it or not i actually read a book in the last decade naomi <laughs> klein wrote a book called the shock doctrine and it's like any any uh civilization can basically do anything to its people if something tragic happens pretty much and then and then now he said oh he wants to eat with the immigrants he's gonna build a wall and to keep mexicans out that that'll never happen and they're gonna pay for it it's like 90 (laughs) percent of the things he talked about is never he just knows what to say he knows what to say and that's pretty much all like politicians but nobody's done it better than him yeah he went off the wall because people want to hear off the wall shit he know that. He knows that. He knows they want. They want to hear off the wall shit. He's they the crazy hear- asshole you invite to the party. Exactly. Invite him. He's gonna be hysterical. Exactly. Yep. They want to like. He knows that. And then people on Facebook, they're like, "Oh, this guy's. This guy's. He's gonna win president in the landslide because he's not afraid to speak his mind, and they think that's a good thing, and he's not afraid to be who he is, and that's what people think they want. Ugh. He's not afraid to be who he is. He's gonna be an asshole." But <laughs> pretty much, no, it's the truth. He's gonna be an asshole. So people think, oh, it's a good thing. But mo- most of the thing, he's not gonna deliver any. No politician is because you can't. Yeah, you can't deliver on all your problems. He wants to build a wall to Mexico with what? <laughs> We're just gonna build a wall. They're finding their way over that wall. They're getting. They're getting actually they're tunneling under them now. Like <laughs> yeah. So what you need to do is you need to build a wall that goes a hundred feet down and is concrete, and then under that it's acid and lava. Pretty much. That's the only way that you're going to stop that shit. Exactly. Exactly. All right. We good? We're good. So thank like you I said, for your, dude. If if you want to hear more about uh you know local media and you want to sorry we went off on a Trump people, rant. I'm so sorry, man. Uh, uh, but you see, a, I, I liked it. I like. But I like, I like how. Talk. But I like how you know you 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 uh, you were skeptical at first. But then we went off for another twenty minutes about media, so it, there's definitely a, there's de- there's definitely more to talk about that we let's didn't, do it. didn't get to. Let's do it. Let's do it after the holidays. Though. Yeah, we'll we'll take we'll take, we'll take a break, you know, and we'll we'll come back to it. But uh, I, I think it, I think there's more to say. But thank you so much, Sean, for coming. And congratulations, on. dude. I, I'm I'm yes. so psyched for you, and 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 you deserved it the night of your 21st birthday but yeah. you're only getting better man yep you're gonna be awesome thank you i appreciate it guys pretty thank soon you. i'm gonna buy a ticket 
to your show. Better. You better buy a ticket. Although the night I'm recording you, I'm not paying for shit. <laughs> oh, you don't have to. <laughs> if you're recording me, you don't have to pay for anything. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. You got anything else to say, Rich? Nope. No. Thanks, John. All right. Thanks. We're good. That's it. That's it.